This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's ODB, our lifestyle podcast. And we want to remind you that Bayou Showdown is going down later this year in Slidell, Louisiana at the Harbor Center. That's 100 Harbor Center Boulevard, again, in Slidell, Louisiana. Bayou Showdown is November 20th and 21st. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving, so get on out and support the scene, including Custom Car Show Productions in conjunction with Mr. Sean Randall. Bayou Showdown, November 20th and 21st, Slidell, Louisiana. Check that hashtag, Bayou Showdown, or Facebook, Bayou Showdown, for more information. Yo, 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 it's our lifestyle podcast, a.k.a. OLP, and I've been trying to get a hold of Mike all week, dude, the guy has been ghosting me, let me see, we're on this conference here, uh, Mike, did you, uh, did you get the notification, did you dial in? Jay, you told me we didn't have time for this, man, let's go, let's do this, man. I know, I know, so listen, all kidding aside... Uh, many of you were listening to this on day one, the 30th of July. We're getting ready to roll into August. But uh, this weekend, of course, relaxing in the Northwest, the Awakening. Um, I'm not going to be able to make it. A uh, few things have came up. Uh, that's going down. But also Texas Heat Wave, Mike, is going down. I know Slam Breeze next weekend as well as down for Dennis. But, dude, check this out, Mike. In about a week, the, over the next couple of weeks is technically our sixth anniversary, dude. So we're gonna do something a little bit different on this one, Mike. We're we're gonna actually say that we're gonna keep it short, and Mike, we gotta hold ourselves to it because we've got Rob Rodell on this one, and you know it's some good audio, right? Dude, from the stories you've been telling me, I can't wait to listen to this one. Oh, it's gonna be epic, dude! And here's the tie-in: Rob's Izuzu Amigo. Mike was on the cover of Mini Trucking 23 years ago in July, so we wanted to scoot this one in July for that tie-in, and uh, I think it's going to be good, and I want to remind everyone, it looks like we're going to have to have Daryl and Nikki on next week. Uh, Down for Dennis is next uh, Saturday. It's August 7th, and Mike, last I heard, you are going up, right? Uh, yes, sir. Me and my, uh, my boy, uh, John Lopez, are flying up. Uh, we're going to meet uh, um, our boy... Uh, Josh Ellis, we're going to have some dinner and some drinks, and uh, then we're going to cruise on out to the show. Yeah, down, number four, Dennis on Instagram, of course, the same on Facebook. Go look them up. Now, we've we've had some jam-packed episodes, and we've had, obviously, uh, you know, rest in peace to our homie, our, our, our brother, Greg Miller. You know, we had some of these episodes where we just had to get them out, so we haven't had to, a chance to get Daryl on, but that's going to be coming up. We'll do some audio next week. Please go out there. Uh, buy some merchandise, shoot some photos, hashtag them down for Dennis with the number four. And uh, that's going to be going down. But Mike, dude, listen, man, it's been, dude, we're literally on the cusp like this month that we're rolling into. We've got to celebrate the sixth, man. I've got a few ideas and uh, we're going to have to have like a staff meeting 
get the employee binders out, kind of see where we stand and see what, you know, I've been telling a couple of the homies, man, I really think we, we've done what we should have done and, and maybe it's just time to, like you've been telling me, yo, Jay, just throw the towel in. I really am thinking with number six, that's what we were destined for six years. I mean, what do you think, man? I thought it was seven. I'm going to have to check those original notes, man, because we, we had that goal. I, I thought it was like, you know, six years and then, you know, we're out the game. Like, um, you know, I know Barry, you know, his his 50th was the other day, Barry Sanders. I know he went out like with nine, but weren't you and I talking, we're going to try to do like a Terrell Davis deal, like go out as an MVP and then just, you know, out the game. Yeah, see, I want you to double check those notes because I'm more than pretty sure that it was seven. See, so and when you, when you say more than pretty sure, to me, that is like itched in stone, dog. You know what I mean? Like some Egyptian shit. And now I think you're talking out your ass because um, I think you got I got I think you got another good 10 years into this. I don't know, man. I'm, I think I think we're ready to literally kind of go go out like a Barry Sanders. But, you know, he did like a nine season, kind of like a Seinfeld. I say we go, dude, we go six. We'll have to get the Airhead Nation to find out, like, because I think a lot of them are ready for us to throw the talent. And uh, the cool thing is, I'm I'm very thankful, Mike. We'll have to talk more about this. We've been talking about we want to have Mini Trucker Cole. We want to have you know all of these other fine folks that are out there doing the damn thing. And uh, to me, it's awesome because there's so much content. A lot of these guys and ladies have given us you know the nod, and we appreciate that. But, you know, Mike, it's a scene thing, right? You know, a lot of times they go, it's a team thing. Well, it's a scene thing here, and it's awesome to see all of um, these different, you know, individuals coming forward with the future of many truckers and, and, you know, the lowest common denominator. And then, you know, you you think about uh, Billy Bob podcast. And then, you know, our homie Glenn, man, he just, he just, you know, came out the woodworks, dog. The custom scene, brother. And I tell you what, man, it is an absolute freaking uh, from the beginning to the end just got me laughing all damn day roller coaster oh yeah uh l- listening to and our boy dizzy on there i mean it was it was an absolute riot and i tell you what uh glenn is definitely got his hands full uh with that wife of his um so uh yeah that's a kinfolk uh, def- right there and, and what is it on if you go on like apple podcast i think like all the major p- players it's uh is th- isn't it the custom scene Yep, the custom scene. Yeah, go check it out. But listen, you know, we tell everybody we love all of these different pages, the the future mini truckers, the lowest common. I you know, been talking about having them, you know, kind of you know, link it up with those guys, which I want to do. But in in as we kind of turn the page, like what I really want to reinforce is we are gonna do this quick intro here, which is kind of uncanny of us. You you all know we love to talk. It's not easy because, you know, obviously last couple of weeks, Mike and I haven't been able to link up. We've had a lot going on. Uh, rest in peace, Courtney Hallowell. Thanks for everyone that listened to that one. Rest in peace to our homie, as we said, Greg Miller. What's important for us is this interview. There's a lot of content. Thank you to Rob Rodell, Negative Camber, Texas. Uh, he'll tell his story. And, Mike, what's cool is I mentioned Low Migo. It's a truck that I always kind of loved, right? And it was it was ironic because you know John had acquired this truck and it kind of uh, it won our uh, old school mini truck of the year kind of really good refurbished you know kind of cleaned up and brought back to running and driving status right the paint was always sick 
But the cool thing is, Mike, I got a lot of answers to things I always wondered about, like when did he buy it? How did he acquire it? How long did he have it? Dude, Rob goes into all of that, and, man, it's it's a pretty fun uh, journey, dude. Absolutely, brother. And once again, I'm sure you absolutely killed it uh, like you always do. And if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, uh, Jay has, uh, you know, he's, he's went above and beyond. Um, so definitely make sure you guys uh, tune in. Uh, to the last two. Tune into all of them, but the last two have been really good. Hey, appreciate the good word. As we kind of get ready to roll in, I want to thank everyone for uh, subscribing to All Time Low Magazine. We say it oftentimes, these issues do sell out. If you go to atlmagazine.com, that's short for All Time Low, you'll see that they have individual issues, but only the last issue is typically available. A little bit higher price point for a really nice magazine. You can subscribe, and those are automatic, and that gets you six of those. You do end up saving a little bit of money. And lastly, Mike, I did talk to the homie, uh, Josh Ellis, the other day. He said, yo, you got to hit up Brigity Ron. I've kind of been disconnected a little bit, trying to balance a lot of stuff. And the homie has, uh, he was kind of stuck in a a particular uh, town, getting some maintenance done on his truck, some things. So um, if you can, if you see Ron and Hank at a show, go buy some merch. It really helps out. I mean, these guys are on this U.S. tour, 30-plus events. But, Mike, um, you know, we got to be able to get them back to the West Coast. Go to uh, H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com, and order some merch. I mean, Mike, you know that that, that DJ Mays shirt, bro, with two teal short? That thing's straight fire, dude. If they haven't ordered that, you know, we got some problems. You know what I mean? Dude, you are missing out for sure. And talking about DJ Mays, you guys be on the lookout. Support our uh, our DJ of the scene, uh, DJ Mays. He's got hats. He's got shirts coming out. So make sure you guys go out and support DJ Mays. And, uh, Jay, with that being said, we also got Mr. Get Decked, Joey. Uh, he's got a show coming up, Attitude Check 9. So make sure you guys check that out as well. And, uh, and if you need decks, skate decks, and you want anything on it, Kind of curious to see what the Spark Show has got up their sleeve because they got a skate deck and um, it's got some cool pinstriping on one side, but they didn't show me what's on the other side of it. So I'm curious to see what's on the other side of it. I know, right? Well, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of shows that squeeze in, but I mean, Down for Dennis in a week, the Spark Show the following week, and then Attitude Check is that week after, which is technically the 20th through like the 22nd. And uh, that's in Virginia. All of these are on the OLP calendar. Just go to ourlifestylepodcast.com. On the left-hand side, look for the digital OLP show calendar. Tap there, and then you can subscribe uh, pretty easy. That's in Woodford, Virginia, for those scoring at home. Attitude check, nine. There's so much more to talk about, Mike, but what we're going to do is we are going to swerve it into next week as we always get sideways into the weekend but we do keep it. What's the L word, Mike, that we always have to keep it? We always keep it on the down low. Oh, you messed it up. You know, we got to keep it legal, not illegal. Remember? I remember. I was trying to throw you a curveball there, but it's always legal. Yeah, it's always legal. So seriously, if you guys enjoyed this episode, leave a five-star rating, uh, subscribe and or follow, depending on the podcast app that you're using. And Mike, dude, this could be a record for our segment to lead in 
to a very long interview with the homie Rob, but I tell you what, man, it was damn fun. I hope they enjoy it, and that's why we have shrunk down our segment to just over 10 minutes, homie. Hey, that's what we're talking about, brother. Well, hey, Airhead Nation, with that being said, let's go ahead and let's get let's get to Rob. That's what y'all really are tuning in for. Yep, and get ready for Bayou Showdown this November. Bayou Showdown on Facebook for more. Big ups to the homies, and uh, rest in peace to all the fallen. We have more to talk about with some of our fallen folks in the scene next week. With that being said, Mike, we got you. Peace. Peace. Yo, yo, so excited on this episode to talk to our friend Rob Rodell, NC Texas. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing well. Dude, man, I'm glad to hear it. We've had you on the list, man, and I've been so excited. July 98, we'll talk about it. You know, represented, you know, your truck on the cover of Mini Trucking, which kind of ties in. We're going to squeeze this one in right at the end of July here. But, uh, <laughs> man, um, I wanted to kind of start off, for those that may not know, or you're going to give them a trip down memory lane, I'm sure, but can you share, like, a little bit about yourself? Like, who's Rob Rodell? Oh, Rob Rodell. He's just a... Uh mini trucker from texas that kind of ended up building a couple of pretty cool trucks and you know kind of made his way in the automotive scene since then yeah the rest is history as they say right yeah definitely yeah we're probably around the same age and i always you know like to you know in my in my age we were reading bmx plus we were riding bikes and stuff like were you uh kind of finding yourself skateboarding bmxing or what were you into growing up Oh, man, I bought a pink Dino Comp 2 oh, in about 86 uh, that I wish I would have kept. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, saving my birthday money, Christmas money, mowing lawn money, shoveling snow money, uh, you name it. Uh, I did scratched and clawed to get that thing. But, uh, yeah, definitely BMX bikes, skateboards, that was my youth. I So many of us, I, I recently was doing a flip through of one of the magazines and I went up to the cash and carry where I remember, you know, purchasing it at. And I thought to myself, like, man, before I was reading mini trucking, I literally was like the, you know, the, the video game magazines and, you know, the BMX and even skateboarding just, I mean, we could just, when my parents were shopping, I'd be flipping through the magazines like crazy, just reading. Cause I mean, even though they were like three bucks, man, it was like, you know, I'd ask my parents, Hey, can we get this? Nah, put that back, man. You know, that type of shit. I uh, I lived that same experience. I did most of my reading in the grocery store uh, magazine aisle. Yep. Kids today will probably never uh, have to deal with that. Yeah. But uh, it's uh yeah it's great memories. I mean BMX Plus was my was my first one that I was into, and I kind of I actually took a vacation to Florida when I was ah, probably thirteen or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, got hooked on skateboarding while I was in Florida on vacation. So oh, man. Uh, the BMX bike took a little bit of a back burner for a while. I still have one. Yep. I still uh, I have a 24-inch uh, Sunday Cruiser. I also have a 24-inch uh, mid-school Schwinn that I built up for my wife, and she oh, ate. Damn. <laughs> um, I have my OG uh, Schwinn. Predators? What was that thing called? Tornado. Okay, wow. Uh, that I got in like, ah, 78. Going to go ahead Damn. and date myself. Uh, my, my dad took me to the hardware store 
which, you know, back then it was, they usually most hardware stores would double as a Schwinn dealer and uh, let me pick out my first real bike after I learned how to ride without training wheels. Uh, it's a great memory I have of my childhood. Now, was so, that the one, was that the, because I think that they had, looking up photos, they had like one that looked like a normal bike, but then they also had one, the, the 77 Schwinn Tornado I'm looking at here, it had the banana seat on it. Was it like that version? It wasn't really a banana seat. It was more of a moto seat. Ah, okay. Uh, it was flat, but it was long like a banana seat. But it was uh, a black, uh, what they call it, the Stingray frame that they used on just about every bike back then. Ah, yep. I see it now in the Google images. But it, yep. It had yellow fenders on it, uh, yellow number plate. Uh, I think it had a mid frame plate, too, if I remember correctly. Red grips. I still got the OG grips on that thing. Dang, uh, man. It's uh, original tires. I mean, it, my my seven-year-old asks me all the time when he gets to ride it. And I'm like, never. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, dude, that's the time capsule. Yeah, I'm afraid to air up the tires. They'll probably explode. So, uh, But, yeah, well, uh, definitely I grew up on, on a BMX bike. Yeah, our local friend Charlie, he had um, he kind of rents this little space that's ultra clean where he does, like, bike restorations. He's really into it. And this guy that was... I guess the main guy of the building for, for a certain time, uh, his name was Rich. He, I went in there, and he had about seven, maybe eight uh, Schwinn bikes, and some of them had the old BMX, like, not the BMX, but the uh, where they could put the baseball bat, and they had these like oh, little yeah. accessories. You probably remember some of that. And I didn't know the Schwinn stuff as much. Like from my dad's era, he, he talked about the Schwins and everything. But uh, a couple weeks ago when I was in Pittsburgh, Matt Weathers had told me, he goes, yo, Jay, you need to go by this museum. And I was like, ah, okay, I'll check it out. So when I Google what's called the uh, Bicycle Museum and uh, or Bicycle Heaven, and dude, I'm telling you, like, for anybody that's into bikes or like just loves the stuff, grew up in our era, dude, he had uh, hundreds and hundreds of Schwins, dude. Dude, I watched that uh, YouTube video oh, you yeah. put up on that thing. It, uh, that's crazy. Dude. How many? I mean, yeah, I was just day, like, I how? <laughs> I'm like, how, man? Like, I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, I have like two bikes. I'm like, yeah, I'm all excited. And I, what was cool is when I talked to the dude, he was so nice. Like, he wasn't like, oh, man, I got more stuff than you. Like, he was just like, man, I, you know, I'm fortunate. Like, a lot of people donate stuff there. And I think some of yeah, them probably, you know, put it on display. I don't know if they get it back or whatever. But a couple people were like people that got sick when they were younger. And then, like, before they passed away, they donated it. So, there was a lot, oh, a lot of cool, cool stories. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so you grew up now. What what city, like in kind of Texas, are we talking? Like, was it? Uh, it wasn't Houston or Austin, was it? Oh, that was way pre Texas. Uh, <laughs> I was born in Michigan in uh, ah, okay in the in the seventy three. Uh, I uh, my dad worked for IBM, which we always joked as a kid that I've been moved uh, about <laughs> every six years. He would take a promotion. And we would move somewhere else. So. Yeah, because that was like the like, that was like the job. I mean, that's like the one of the big name companies for many years still. Oh yeah, and he worked there his entire life. So wow. But uh, seventy nine, eighty, we moved, uh, packed up from Coloma, Michigan. We moved to ah oh, dang Appalachian, New York. Oh, uh, snap. kind of upstate. So, wow. Okay. Um, I lived there till about eighty seven. Um, that's where, in fact, I bought that pink Dino Comp two. Uh, if you read BMX Plus in the 80s, you probably remember the ads, but there's a, uh ad in the back of all of them for West BMX. Yeah, uh, I do remember that. Huge mail order place. 
the kid started it out in his basement uh, up there in Mich- er, in New York, I should say, and uh, had moved into a giant warehouse by the time I met him. And, man, you talk about every kind of bike you could think of. I mean, that was candy store for me as a kid. I used to go when my mom would go shopping in that area. I'm like, hey, can you drop me off the BMX place? And I would just go hang out over there for, you know, 30 minutes, an hour while she shopped and then get picked back up. So great memories there. Dude, I'm telling you, like, it was funny because last weekend, for some reason, my wife, oh, my wife and son and I, we went to Red Robin. She's like, man, we haven't really went out for lunch on the on the weekend for, in a while. So so we go over there, and she's like, well, let's go walk around the mall a little bit. And so we, I go into, like, there's, like, one main skate store, but there's kind of, like, a Vans, and then Vans sell stuff. But, I mean, I, I go immediately to those, like, cases where they have the wheels and the bearings and stuff, and it brings me back to the time of, you know, when there were, like, more skate shops than there are now. And yeah, I could just sit there, and, I, and, and I'd look through the stickers, and I'd be like, oh, man, I want this deck. And I think back in our day... I don't know. It seemed like decks were like thirty nine or maybe forty nine back in those days. I, you know? I want to say that's probably the going rate. And uh, it's like pulling teeth to get a new deck out of my dad. I yes. remember back then. Yep. He, uh, I, 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 you know, I, my memory's not great, but I remember dumb stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, my first skateboard that I got, in fact, I got it on that vacation to Florida, was the Volterra. Oh yes, and, uh, I yeah. know you love Back to the Future. Yes. It was that same board that Marty McFly rides in the movie, and uh, I got it in some department store down there. My mom got us something to do, basically. You know, my sisters were younger than me. They got, like, beach toys and stuff. She bought me that skateboard, and it was actually before the movie had come out. Oh, that's great. uh, So I was cruising around down there on that skateboard and just, you know, fell in love with it. That's pretty cool, uh, man. Yeah, because that stuff is, like... You know, when you said something earlier, it made me think, like, from each generation, there's always, like, that, man, I wish I still would have had that, you know? And, you know, and I'm not talking, like, a 57 Chevy, like, okay, if you were 16, but, like, I'm talking from the kid days, like, it might be, oh, oh, I had that little toy gun or something. But, like you said earlier, from our era, I think we've hit an age where we're like, dude, if I could just have the bike that I had, like, that one bike, like, my friend Paul, one of my best friends, he always talked about, I think he had, like, a... I'm gonna mess it up. Probably like a mongoose decade or something like that around '87, and it was one oh, like how, yeah, that was a good bike. Yeah, and how often do you hear from your friends like, "Oh, I had that, but it got stolen, dude," because we would leave them yeah. out, you know? Oh yeah, I mean, shoot. Then you had all them rich kids that got all the hutches. Uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah. None, none of us poor kids could afford those, but exactly. Man, I, <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, That's you know, crazy. My first BMX bike after the Schwinn was one of those. Uh, I, I want to say Montgomery Ward, probably uh-huh. uh, heavy steel ones with the moto mags on it. Uh-huh. And that, I, I mean, I probably, I mean, probably trace my customizing back to then. Yeah. I remember blowing that thing apart. Me and my dad uh, sanded it down, custom painting it because I wanted a new bike and he wasn't having it. So <laughs> we just changed it up a little bit. And I, I think I remember buying red and white checkerboard pad set for it and you know, putting the MX brakes that they used to sell back there mm-hmm. in the day and just, you know, anything you could get for a, a bike, I was into it in that era. So Yeah, and it's funny because I remember where the couple of bike stores now in Land Lakes, like we had this one on this big intersection and like I almost wish sometimes, like because back then we didn't really have phones, 
uh, well, we didn't have phone, camera phones, but we didn't really have cameras with us at all times or any time. So, yeah, so I sometimes wonder, like, <laughs> I love finding these pages of, like, you know, people that had a photo of an intersection from, like, you know, 1984. And But I always wondered, I was like, man, I wish I had photos of that bike shop I used to go in because, dude, like you said, it was literally a kid in a candy store for someone of our age, you know? Oh, yeah, it was the place. I mean, I mean, I don't know how it was down in Florida, but in New York where I grew up, the other thing that was real big was the ATCs. And, oh, I'd love to go to the Honda dealership and just look at them all. Oh, you know, yes. You steal all the brochures and take them <laughs> home like you're going to save up money. Yep. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, all the places where you could go and just look at stuff. Uh, it's not like it is now where you can just kind of – it's not the same thing to look at it on the phone. Yeah, it's not. And like like you said, it was funny because I, I found this one page randomly on Instagram and – this guy has, I don't know how many three-wheelers and, like, little, you know, now they call them pit bikes. But, like, those little oh, yeah. motorcycles from the 80s, but they're all, like, Hondas and, you know, you know the stuff that was expensive. And, man, like, that's what he collects. And I'm like, holy crap, man. Like, I could see having one, but this guy's got a bunch of them. But it made Def- me think, too, like, even, like, the Goonies, there's that end scene when uh, Richard Donner, he he's one of the guys that he plays a little cameo and he rides up and they're both on three-wheelers. Oh you know, yeah! You remember in our age, like or in our day, the three wheelers. I remember a couple kids around us had those, but then they ended up getting banned or something because they said they were too dangerous. Yeah, the three wheel death machines, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you ever spent any time riding those things, but they were super easy to flip over if you they didn't were. Uh, have any sort of uh, riding skill at all. Yep, uh, I think I know I my sister one took one a tumble time. on one once and got banged up pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now they're kind of like collectors. I mean, obviously, you know, people collect everything, but like having having one of those. Or when my neighbor Jeff, he had uh, talking about quads or four wheelers. Um, he had a like an eighty seven, eighty eight uh, Kawasaki Mojave, I think. And yeah. I forget. I remember he was like, "Oh, it has reverse on it." And that was like one of the new features then, because it was like none of them, I guess, had it. I don't, I don't know, you know, yeah. the history of them. But man, we had so much fun riding that thing. It was like a one ten, I think. But dude, like, if yeah. I could find one today, man, I'd freaking ride that thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am one of them people that gets on Facebook Marketplace and yes. just look and dreams like, oh, if I could run across, you know, the the one I wanted when I was a kid, yep. I would get yelled at by the wife because I uh, decided to. <laughs> spend money on something really dumb Stupid, that i needed right. <laughs> yeah exactly my wife's like all right you got enough shit man she's like all right here's the deal get rid of most of your shit and then you can get more shit and i'm like ah but i can't get rid of this she's like this is all that's... good stuff man <laughs> exactly <laughs> this is an investment <laughs> oh. like, yeah roll eyes but uh well that's cool so um the other thing that i thought was cool about the bike stuff is i had picked up um through uh, a buddy over in uh, Orlando area, he had secured this guy Tony Vickers. Somehow he had a buddy that they were that he's a garbage guy, and he had found a bike that was laying in the garbage, and it was like an '83 Diamondback. Okay, and it needs to be oh, fully restored, yeah. but due to it's complete. But here was the yeah. cool thing: it had the original stickers, and one of the stickers was from up in Michigan, I think it was. And back in those days, I guess in different townships and stuff. I don't know if you remember this, but I guess you had to get your bike like registered, kind of like a little license for it. Huh? And it had I a never sti- experienced that. Yeah, it had a sticker on it. So like, I was like, man, we're from I'm from Land of Lakes, man. We we didn't have any of that crap, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? So I always thought that I was cool. Up, so hey. I know Michigan. I mean, you have to register like snowmobiles 
and ATVs, okay. all that stuff has to be registered because they have huge state system of trails. It's almost like highways. You're right. Yep. So they yeah. make everybody pay taxes on it. That's what they're getting after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all about the money. Yeah, there's a place here, Kroom, that a lot of people go to, and I've been up there, and I mean, a lot of the riders, I mean, you can get lost up in that, I guess that's considered a state park, but like you have to, I think, pay each time you go or you buy like the yearly pass to it, but you know, it, it, a lot of good memories growing up, and it's funny because people collect a lot of that stuff, the riding gear, you know, the boots, the helmets, oh, yeah. I mean, all that stuff has changed over time, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah. now, so, you know, you fast forward to kind of moving around a little bit, obviously, with your dad having the IBM job. But so what, like, really ended up sparking the automotive thing? Like, was it something in high school? Well, you know, my dad, he was uh, the quintessential uh, 70s Corvette guy. Okay. Uh, he bought, he owned a, wow, what year was it? I think it was a 65 Corvette was his first one. Damn. Uh that's the car he met my mom in. Ah, okay. And then, you know, he sold it to build his first house. At Shortly after building the house, he bought a brand new 71 Corvette. Hated it. Really? He said it was the worst investment he ever made. He drove it for a year and sold it. A mm -hmm. uh, couple of years later, he ended up picking up a 72 convertible in uh, the British Racing Green. Uh, actually purchased it. I don't know if you it's a kind of an up north thing, but there's a automotive business up there called Lane Automotive. Okay. Uh, it's a huge mail order warehouse, big up north. He bought it from the owner of Lane Automotive, George Lane, uh, and it's still sitting in my parents' garage to this day. Um, so I grew up, you know, going to Corvette shows uh, on the weekends because uh, he always belonged to a Corvette club, especially New York, a lot of car shows mm -hmm. with the Corvette. Um, in fact, that is where we did the first restoration on it. And I can remember helping him work on it in the garage, pull it all apart to take it to get painted. Really? Uh, so was he like then, a do it yourself? Like, was he just like a weekend warrior kind of like, you know, what I would maybe even consider myself or what yeah, he was, that was his thing. He liked uh -huh. to tinker in the garage. Um, my grandfather, his dad was a full blown mechanic his whole life. Uh, okay. so I spent my childhood, you know, chasing him around in his garage. <laughs> Uh, messing with whatever he was messing with so he uh yeah he had a full-blown mechanic shop uh and then my uncle on my mom's side he as well had a huge mechanic shop um did a lot of in small engine repair and then he moved into his my cousins got into racing mm -hmm. so all kinds of race car stuff growing up around that area mm -hmm. and then uh but with the corvette stuff i was always going to car shows um, and then, you know, fast forward, we moved from New York to Maryland. Uh, that would have been, like I said, about 87, I think mm -hmm. 88, uh, right around there, uh, moved to Middletown, Maryland, which is a little turd spec between, <laughs> uh, Frederick and, uh, Hagerstown are the two big towns that I'm nearby mm -hmm. and, uh, out in the middle of nowhere in the neighborhood, uh, here I am, you know, the little skateboard BMX kid, uh, nowhere to really ride because it's, you know, a under construction neighborhood, but there was plenty of two by fours in plywood left over from building brand new houses. So me and my little group of buddies were always building ramps and stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, and then till we got in trouble by the builders for, you know, their, our, our pieces their of wood, 
yeah. uh, was getting a little longer than what was they were considering scrap, <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. And uh, so my dad, in his infinite wisdom, decided that he would just uh, bite the bullet, and we built a half pipe in the backyard. Oh, now we're talking, dude. Yeah, you were one of those <laughs> kids that had some cool shit like that. Dude. I had... I had a little, uh, you know, six foot tall, eight foot wide mini ramp growing up, and I spent basically all my free time out there, you know, from probably, I think we built that when I was 14, so 15, uh, 16, get my driver's license, and uh, he's like, what do you, what kind of car you want? You know, we, we got to start looking for you a car. So, you know, we started, you know, he took me to look at a Camaro. Uh, V6, like 73 Camaro that a friend of his had for sale. And we, I liked it. Then he found out how much insurance was going to cost for it. And he was like, oh, no, screw that. You ain't getting a Camaro. So uh, we got to think something more economical. And, uh, you know, back then, I mean, the King, the, the compact cars were just hitting everywhere. And uh, Escorts, you know, the Escort GTs uh, and uh, all the little Escorts with all the accessories on them. There's a few of them running around that I'd see. I'm like, ah, a Ford Escort looks like it'd be, a, I'd, I'd like one of those. Mm-hmm. So he started, you know, asking around, looking for a, a deal on a used car from his buddies. And, uh, yeah, he drags home a 1985 Ford Tempo. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you've ever seen a Ford Tempo. Oh yeah. But it's like the horrible version of an Escort. It's, <laughs> it's not cool at all. Uh it was a black five-speed car. At least it was two-door. It wasn't a four-door. But uh it had belonged to a friend of his that he drove it uh 80 miles each way its entire life back and forth to work. And so it had, you know, close to 100,000 miles on it already. Uh, the paint was all faded. It was pretty beat up, you know, white wall tires, you know, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, he drags that home. Is like, here's your first car. I'm like, okay, thank you. He goes, you're going to have to learn how to drive a, a stick shift. <laughs> so he tried to teach me, got mad, uh, wasn't patient enough. So uh, mom taught me how to drive it in about an hour. So I was good to go cruising around in the, the, the beat up tempo. <laughs> and then uh had my first fender bender you know i don't know six eight months after i got my license uh so we had to go take it off drop that in a body shop well it was one of them little mom and pop body shops out there they did quote unquote custom work and uh so my dad was like well the car's pretty beat up uh we might as well get it all painted so he got a whole fresh coat of black paint on there and uh they had a pinstriper that worked at the place i can't remember his name local Maryland mm-hmm. guy added some hot, uh, hot pink and, uh, bright blue, <laughs> you know, the heartbeat generic stripe down oh, the side yeah. of it. Uh, and then he painted the stock wheels black for me cause they were silver, but the paint was flaking off them real bad. <laughs> right. Cause the paint in that so era I, I wasn't was, that good. I was yeah. murdered. I was murdered out before murdered out was cool. <laughs> you and, invented uh, it. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so I had this tempo painted up. And uh, I was kind of getting into like the car stereo stuff from a kid it, uh, I work with had, you know, a 12 inch home speaker in the back of his Honda Accord. I Dude, think it that's was old school. <laughs> yeah. I remember people, we'd have the home speakers in the, in the car. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, oh yeah, you should check out car stereos stuff. They got all kinds of cool stuff. 
So again, I truck. I worked at a pizza place, so I trucked my way down to the grocery store down the strip center, and found uh, you know I think it was Car Stereo Review back then, and uh, so I picked up an issue of that, and all oh, that opened up my eyes to a whole other thing of customizing because you know I had never seen anything like that. So you know, all my pizza money went to buying you know I think I had a couple of tens in it, <laughs> yeah, and an amp, and uh. I think I had a Pioneer CD player in there that I paid like, I don't know, $600 for on clearance or something ridiculous. Uh, took me forever to save up for that. <laughs> but yeah, the Escort was my, my jumping off point, or not the Escort, but the, the Tempo. And uh, just, you know, the magazines were there. Mm -hmm. In the same aisle, I think I ran across a trucking magazine. God, it would have had to have been 89 good era or 90 it had a it had i can't even tell you what was on the cover of it but i think it was you know it had some cool paint jobs and stuff so i was like oh i'm gonna check this out mm -hmm. and uh man that talk about a a random occurrence but there was a tech article in that magazine uh sean mahaney lowering an amigo uh he had an oh, 89 snap. amigo that he did a tech article for uh-huh and it, I think it was it was probably in ninety, because it was right before I graduated, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Man, that's cool." I mean, stocked the Snowflake Isuzu wheels on it still, just a set of low pros, mm -hmm. you know, cranking the torsion bars, putting a block in it, your basic drop job and an Amigo. Probably nobody but me remembers that tech article, but I saw that thing. I'm like, "Man, that thing is cool." Damn, and dude, I kinda, good memory. I filed it away in my mind. You know, it was. I think it was probably a year before I graduated and, uh, you know, graduation day, I, you know, you, you, all your money comes in from your grandparents and your relatives. And, and so I had a, I had a pretty good chunk of money. And mm -hmm. my dad always said, as soon as you graduate, you can buy whatever you want. So I was still kind of into compact cars. So I went and looked at like a Honda Civic SI and then I looked at another Camaro cause dad wanted me to look at a Camaro. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. checked the, he checked the price of insurance again and said, nope, you're not getting a Camaro. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're under 25, and man, it's just, under it was 25, so expensive. It's all bad. All bad. So uh, I was like, I forget where we were running around down by looking at cars, going from dealer to dealer, and there was an Isuzu dealership down there. And uh walked in, you know, 18-year-old, you know, fresh graduate, pocket full of money. And they had a red Amigo sitting in the middle of the showroom floor. And as soon as I saw it, I remembered that article. And I was like, oh, I want this. Dude, this so, it. so it was stuck in your mind like that. Oh, it was, it was, it like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is what I got to have. Yo, yo, it's ODB. You're listening to our lifestyle podcast brought to you by Custom Car Show Productions, which includes Orange Beach Invasion, After Hours, Scraping the Coast, and... Bayou Showdown, which is this November, Slidell, Louisiana, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Look it up, Bayou Showdown on Facebook. We also want to thank Buddy and Ryan at Graphics Mafia. If you're in the need for stickers, decals, a wrap, anything you can think of with vinyl, reach out to the fine folks at Graphics Mafia, G-R-A-P-H-I-X, Mafia.com. They're also on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. Let them know that OLP sent you back to the interview already in progress. And uh, it was a, it wasn't a base model 
because it had the you know the 31 inch tires and the aluminum wheels so it was it was a little bit upgraded it didn't have a back seat um it didn't it had a tape deck and two speakers in it you know so it wasn't the upgraded model at all i was like that's this is it this is what i'm getting so dad you know goes to wheeling and dealing with it because it was a this was 91 and that was a brand new 90 that they still had in the, they were sitting in their showroom. Ah, okay. So it was so like a leftover. A little they, bit they of They said they used it as a demo, and it had like 100 miles on it or something like that. So he goes to his wheeling and dealing and uh, ended up – I paid 10500 is what I ended up financing out the door with, uh, with a back seat. They were going to install a back seat for me. Oh, really? But so I it didn't have that? Work. No, that was an option. Wow. Okay. You know? I didn't realize so, that. So, yeah. Oh yeah, the the amigos initially came, you know, backseat was an option. In uh so he wheeled a deal, got me the backseat. Uh I think the backseat took like a month to come in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh man, you talk about it. I was in heaven riding around in that thing. I bought a brand new car. I mean, you know, pulled all my stereo equipment out of my tempo, uh transferred most of it into that. Uh I think I changed my tens for twelves when I got that thing. But yeah, that that was the start of the uh, adventures of Lomigo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is cool because I always was curious. You know, obviously you gave the backstory and how you got involved with cars. Which I thought was awesome. But when, like, you know, obviously getting to know more of the history of mini trucks and reading the magazine and stuff over the years, we you know we got a lot of love for the. Um, you know, just last week we were celebrating. You know, unfortunately Courtney's passing ten years ago and. We, you know, looked at that Spring Splash 94 cover that some may know this, but when you look at that cover or some of the insert photos, like kind of inside, you know, we, we found out this history, like that truck was out there and it was a part of that, right? So Yes, it, it was. Yeah. It, so it made me think like, okay, I want to know the backstory in it. So you bought it new and then you, did you start working on it pretty soon after that? I did the stereo system stuff first and then kind of enjoyed it. My dad was... uh you know, very opposed to me uh, lowering it. Oh, yeah. Um, he thought it was stupid because <laughs> I still had that issue of trucking sitting around in my room. And I'm like, I'm going to lower this thing. And I drove it for probably, I was at my first year, that's my first and only year of college. So I drove it almost the whole year of college. You know, I didn't mess with the suspension on it. I just had my loud stereo. And, uh, you know, this is, Oh, 92 probably. I was in, I guess it was the local uh, truck accessory shop in Frederick. It's called Trick Trucks, I think is what it was called. And uh, they had a, a board in there where people could post, uh, you know, use stuff for sale or whatever. And I'm just standing there at the counter. I'm looking at this wall. And there was somebody selling four, no, five. 225 60 15 used bf goodrich uh comp tas uh-huh and i'm like that's the size tire i want mm -hmm. so i you know ripped off the tag uh you know pre-self phone <laughs> gotta go home and call this guy uh so i called the guy he wanted a hundred bucks for all five tires he goes they're not great but they still got some life in them uh-huh i'm like I don't care. hundred bucks. I want them. Yep. Uh, so I bought the tires and I hit them when I got home <laughs> uh, behind the garage. So dad wouldn't see them. 
because I didn't want him knowing my plans. Uh, I had my issue of trucking magazine from 90 or whatever it was. Uh, I went down to little, again, trick trucks. I bought a set of three-inch lowering blocks, and I bought some uh, Deutschtech lowered shocks, I think is what they sold there at the time. Ah. And uh, I collected all my parts and uh, went over to my best friend's dad's garage because he had a, uh, a trucking company back then, and he had a lot of tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and jacks and jack stands and everything. So me and my friend went over there on a Saturday morning and, you know, not knowing anything, uh, I lowered the car. Uh, he had a little, one of those old school uh, arm buster tire machines. Yeah. And we swapped all the 31 the inch tires off and I put the, the low pros on there. You know, we lowered the back three inches, lowered the front about three inches. And oh, when that jack came out from under there and it hit the ground, oh, happiest day ever. <laughs> yeah, because it's that drove, feeling. Drove like a lot of, yeah, that feeling was like, man, you get to see it. And, and even if it was just a little lower or the stance, it was like, dude, that was a good feeling. Oh, man, it was, you know, and I'd already, up there, I mean, cruising, that was the thing. You'd go hit the strip down in Frederick or you'd go to Hagerstown and you'd do the loops up there, sit in parking lots, you know, teenager stuff shoot the shoot the crap with all the local hangout kids so i'm cruising around you know grinning ear to ear thinking i'm hot crap at the local cruise (laughs) night with the other you know maybe four or five mini trucks that were in that town at the time and uh they're like oh yeah there's a car show coming up i think it was in baltimore um i had never been to a you know like a truck show or a mini truck style show and uh, so we, I, me and my b- best friend load up uh, right into Baltimore, which it was shady then, just like it's shady now in Baltimore. <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> it was a big park. They had this car show set up. I, you know, pull in, park next to my buddies, you know, wipe it down, sitting out there. And I hear, you know, a scraping sound coming in. And there was a blue Amigo driving in that was just dragging over every little pebble <laughs> and, you know, rock in the, in the driveway. And that was the first time I saw anything ever drag. Uh-huh. And, uh, I was like, Whoa. And, uh, he parks it and I'm like, I'm walking around it. Like, how did you get it so low? You know, I don't, I'm still a kid. I don't know anything right, about right. anything. And, uh, come to find out he had pulled the torsion bars out and, uh, it just rode on the bump stops in the front and in the rear he had you know jerked all the leaf springs out of it and put a three inch block in it so it was just it had an air shock in the back i think and uh he would go to car shows and he would jack it up and he'd pull the bump stops out of the front and let it hit the ground and drive around mm-hmm. and then he would jack it back up when he left uh but <laughs> yeah, yeah that was the lowest school. i was like I, you know it kind of took the wind out of my sails of my three inch drop and i saw one that low but uh yeah, because, I mean, even back then, I mean, there were guys that were doing that, but, I mean, far few in between. I mean, mostly, I'd say, on the West Coast, they were really getting oh, yeah. crazy like that. Oh, yeah, it was like definitely that. a so, West Coast thing. So, for you to see that, it must have, like, literally, like, if you weren't already had the bug that bit you, that was oh, like, it, dude, like, all right, the monster swallowed me. I'm ready to go to the next it level. Made it worse. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, dude, you talk, you talk about a junkie, like a car junkie. That's like, all right, man, now this is, this is the, the whole gateway is done. I'm, I'm onto the next thing now. Oh yeah. And then, uh, make matters worse. I think I went to another car show. Uh, that was at a, I think it was a circuit city. It was a stereo show in like, it was in Virginia. And, uh, I went to that car show. It was about the second one. I think I went to and uh, a name from the past here. Uh, you ever heard of Wilt built Todd Wilt? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. He was driving a Mazda around at that car show. that had hydraulics on the front. Oh damn. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you were seeing some cool shit. I was seeing some cool stuff. I was bombarded. And then uh, a few months later, you know, dad took another job in Texas. So packing all our stuff up, you know, after I, you know, meet all these people and we're moving across the country. So, (laughs) oh, yeah. uh, We moved to Round Rock, Texas, which is a suburb of Boston. And, uh, you know, drove the truck here, you know, got settled in. And my dad, we were, mom and dad were building a house in Round Rock. Uh, they put us up in an apartment, cruising around, you know, trying to get my bearings, so to speak. I don't know anybody in Texas. So, uh, I, you know, I go back to my, what I know, I go to the car stereo shops and hang around, like, seeing, hey, anybody got any mini trucks? Uh, they still sponsor Heatwave, but Custom Sounds uh, here in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I went in there, and they had a full show uh, Mazda, like, in their showroom with a huge stereo wall in it. Uh, it was slammed and, you know, shaved door handles. I mean, like everything you'd see in the magazines back right then. there. Boom. And I'm like, I'm like, it's right in front of me. Like for the first time, like, wow. And, uh, I'm like, where did you get all this stuff done? And they're like, they told me of a little body shop in Austin called custom car crafters. Okay. Uh, so I drove over there, you know, just to see, what all they had going yeah, on. Yeah, because your the interest owner, was peaked. Oh, yeah. Uh, the owner of the place, Richard, he had a little convertible Toyota at the time with handmade, you know, Ferrari-style vents in the bed because mm-hmm. that was cool. Ground effects. You know, the radical tops convertible. It was sitting in the out front. Uh, there was a little other lowered white Nissan there. Ended up being one of my lifelong uh, best friends. Uh, he was my yeah. best man at my wedding, uh, David Schilling. That was the first time I met him. Wow, uh, and, he Dude, was, and he was a dick when I first met him. I tell him that every time. <laughs> and here's you, here's here's you at the beginning saying, "I don't you. have a good memory." <laughs> yeah, and uh, he goes, "I don't remember being a dick," and I'm like, "You were a dick." Trust and, me, uh, you're a dick. But, you were a dick. <laughs> but the one thing he did tell me is where I could where the mini trucks went on Saturday nights. Okay, so, so that was that was like a little bit of intel for you to go. Okay, where's my yeah. next step along this journey? Yep. So I found the parking lot to hang out in. Uh, met a bunch of cool guys there that a few of them I still talk to to this day. And, uh, you know, month or so later, my dumb ass is changing lanes in traffic and uh, run smooth into the back of a little uh, trailer that I didn't see in front of me mm-hmm. and squished the bumper, the grill, and the hood on the Amigo. And uh, so I'm like, well... I guess I'm taking it to that body shop that I know. Yeah. It's the only one I know. <laughs> yeah, so like mini so, truckers, we were the only ones that were kind of like, yeah, it sucks I got in an accident, but hmm, now I can do one, two, and three with this little insurance money that I might be getting. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Uh, we drove it over there, and uh, you know, again, my dad went with me because he, by this time, he thought it was kind of cool. 
he would go hang out with me at the little car shows. He'd drive his Corvette and I'd drive my little truck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he went, we went in there and we ordered a aim industries, which at the time might've been radical tops, mm-hmm. a fiberglass grill, which I don't know if you ever dealt with one of those. That's about a biggest piece of junk you could ever order in your life. I had something close. similar. They're kind of close to fitting, but not really. Yeah, I had the polyurethane back like in 97, 98. I ordered it from Mini Truck, and it was one of those big, like, it was the bumper cover. And I'd yes. see it in the magazine. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then you get it. You're like, this is all it is? Like, how does this stick on? You know, and they're like, oh, yeah. no, you know, because I didn't know shit. And then I took it to oh. a place. And then, but yeah, they were the same. So, yeah, I ordered that Aim Industries grill because I wanted something custom on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a painter there. Uh, Don Palmer, uh, who since passed away, but he was old and grumpy at the time. He did the, the yellow on the front of it with the, uh, the breakaway, the mini truck, uh, breakaway paint job on it. And, uh, I got it back out of that body shop and it was like a whole new level for my, my truck in the area. Cause I had custom paint. So again, you know, hanging out with my little core group of buddies at the time. Uh, I went to my first Texas heat wave. It would have been in 94, I think. Damn. I think 94 was my first heat wave. And you talk about a culture shock. I had never seen so many mini trucks in one place. You know, we're reading all the magazines at, by this time, you know, you're looking through mini truck and you see all the car shows, all the tech articles, uh, all the California stuff. And, uh, I'm like, I want to go to a show in California. I want, I I really, I just want to go to a show in California. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of my buddies was like, heck I'll go too. And, uh, we decided Easter spring splash would be our jam. And, uh, that next year we drove out and, uh, made the trek to Parker, Arizona. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, had our minds blown. Um, yeah, April didn't know, like I said, it, it was just two of us in my truck. I dro- we drove all the way out there with a tent. Uh, we knew no one. We didn't know what to <laughs> expect. Um, we ended up, you know, we pull in. I, I don't know if you ever went to a river run in the, the mid to late 90s out there, but it's not like a car show you go to anywhere else. No. Because... When you get there on Friday, that's just a roll-in day. There's no car show. It's just everybody setting up for camping. So, you know, we're out there. We're kind of cruising the circuit, trying to figure out where we're going to tent. And uh, ended up meeting a guy who was like, hey, y'all are from Texas? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I got a buddy from Texas that's over here coming to the show. You should come camp with us. Oh, damn. I'm like, cool. And uh, so we went over to this group of guys we had never met before in our life. You know, shook hands, set up a tent, and uh, spent the entire weekend over there. And uh, talk about meant to be. Uh, that little that guy was uh, that I met was Eric Scarlett. Mm. Uh, his best his buddy from Texas was named Booger, and they were all members of the then pretty much brand new Club Negative Camber. So, oh yeah, I met Courtney and Brian, and you know all the OGs, Mike Peters. Tom Horn, uh, Sal, I mean, all the San Diego guys were there and, uh, we spent the weekend hanging out with them. And, uh, when Courtney went to do that, uh, you know, epic cover shot on Saturday afternoon, 
he was like, Texas, get your truck. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, He's like, well, I want to represent, you know, as many yeah. people as we can from here. Yeah. Pulled us up in the spot and, uh, funny, you know, he, you know, took the picture, you know, when it came out in the cover, I think all you can see is like the corner of me and my yellow hat. Cause of course I had a hat to match my truck cause I was a goon, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least I wasn't wearing mandals like half the people on that cover. But, yeah, uh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the times have changed. Yeah. And that was April 7th through the 10th, 94. And we know that because of the coverage, um, yeah. you know, and to your point, the, the cool thing about it is, that there were so many people there. And, and for instance, this last year at Mini Nats, or actually just a couple months ago, Southeast Mini Nats, one of our favorite shows in Maggie Valley, I got a chance to meet Chris Kudo, which, you know, he's down the earth. He's a good dude. Obviously had him on, but, you know, knew he was a good dude. Talked to him on the phone a few times, but like meeting him in person, right? And I forget if it was there. I think I think it was there where he was like, "Yeah, man, I was I was there too. I, w- I was at that river run." I was like, "No way." And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "You can't really see me in the photo, but." You know, he goes, I'm there because I could point it out. But when you go back and you look at it and like, I've looked at how many people we've tagged over the years, dude, there was a lot of people there, man. Oh, there's a ton of people in that picture. I mean, yep. it's funny. Cause you know, my buddy Boog, uh, Charles Wickham, he's like posed right in front there, front and center with, uh, the, that, the pink Mazda. Yes. Neil, and, is that uh, Charles Wicks? Is it? Or that's Charles, Charles Wickham. Wickham. Okay. Booger. His name is Booger. You know, you don't have to call him Charles. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we're going to have him on soon. Oh, good. Yeah. Make sure you call him Booger every time you refer to him. <laughs> oh, I will. It upsets him. Oh, okay. Damn, I, I made it my lifelong journey to call him Booger in front of everybody he's met after that era, so it, they still know him as Booger. Is that from Revenge so, of the Nerds tie-in? or No, that is from uh, freaking Courtney Hollowell okay. at a... Uh, from what I understand, it was a dinner at a spaghetti warehouse of some sort with the club, ah. and uh, there was an incident with something coming in out of his nose while he was laughing, <laughs> and they get they call, started calling him Booger from that day on, and it stuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> see, that's how you get a good nickname. How all so the at least nicknames do. Well, I'd rather have that nickname like that than going, yeah, the kid ate boogers when he was a kid, you know, because then yeah, that would be like, okay, story. don't call me that. <laughs> yeah, but um, oh. yeah, because like when when when. Like, I try to look at dates and, like, you know, and, and you know, I'm a little crazy with this stuff, but I, when it was the 25th anniversary, and I was like, you know what? You know, the ma- way the magazines ran, it was July that year. It was on the cover, but it was shot at Spring Splash, as you know. But, you know, going yeah. back over the course of time, it was kind of cool because, like, you know, Chris Andrews is there with the Mazda. Um, you know, Troy Hamilton um, was a guy I met through Instagram, as you mentioned, yep. Booger. You know, Ruben was there. You were there. Uh, Chris Kudo and a bunch of different guys. K Daddy, of course. I mean, that was kind of like you know he was front and not not even front and center, front and left side. But the yeah. photo when you uh, when you flip to the coverage, you see Lomigo chilling back there in the cut, and then it also had show coverage and it said like minis, custom minis on the on the windshield banner. Right yeah, there. that was the that was the truck club I was in at the time. Yep. Okay. Uh, that was the. In fact, that's the the host. Well, it was the host club for Texas Heatwave for all those years in the 90s. And uh, I had, you know, met those guys from the parking lot, you know, show up there in Round Rock. And uh, just one of them things, you know, you meet the people. And then, like I said, we went out to California. That's sick. Again, at that show, that cover where Booger was there, I don't know if you 
knew he had uh, a blue Toyota that was the first truck Brian Gendro had ever body dropped. Oh, really? No, I didn't realize that. I don't think I realized that. And there was, I think, a little picture of it from the cart from the show in the coverage of that magazine. Uh, it was a real clean little blue. Uh, I think it had billet tri fans, like or, or fake billet tri fans on it. it. Had a pinstripe on it. Real clean truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Booger was supposed to be on that cover shot, but Booger was on air shocks still, and he was wow. pulling up to put his truck in the picture, and it wouldn't lift high enough to get. Over, oh yeah, uh, the yeah. rocks. I know what picture uh, you're to talking get to about. where they were. Sh- yeah, they were get get shoot uh, to shoot the picture, and Courtney just yelled at him and said, "Forget it," because he was stirring up too much dust, and everybody ah. was trying to wipe down the cars. So that's why Booger's just posing on there, and his truck's not in the picture. So yeah, because you're you're right. Because I'm looking at the show coverage here, where it says channeling has become a very popular mod. Uh, in the past couple of years, this was evident by the number of trucks at the event that were just plain slammed. But it makes sense because, dude, you know what? I mean, a lot of stuff, literally the web of many trucks, a lot of it goes back to Gendro, man. And, you know, I oh, salute yeah. that dude. I mean, I I really hope that we can get him on. I mean, I know he's a busy guy, but I tell you, man, like we saw him in the West Coast Influence DVD. But, yeah. dude, you talk about, I mean, the first, he also built that that first NC truck that was on the cover, the, um, you know, I call the it the Toxic P- Toy. Yeah, Toxic Toy. Yep. And, I mean, dude, I mean, phew, that guy is as OG and as legend as you can get in the main. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, is weird. I mean, a weird thing of coincidence that I was there that weekend. Yeah. And we ended up camping with him because I, I mean, that was the weekend that Courtney had the ovals printed up the first time, you know, yeah, modern image wow. sign works used to be at every mini truck show back then out there. And, uh, they had their trailer set up. And Courtney, you know, they those guys came up with that idea, went over there, had a handful of them cut out, and that was the first time they were, you know, because before that, it was like a, it just said negative camber on the back windows. Uh, that yes. was the new logo that busted out at that run. Yeah, and, and uh, what was ironic is the listeners, last week when we had Mike Peters, he talked, you know, I, I had kind of picked his brain a little bit because I had heard some intel about, you know, there were some of the beginnings and why they wanted to do it, and it kind of tied into this other mini truck council. But he had kind of talked about that, and I think that's really cool because, I mean, you know how things today are very simple. Like, you know, instead of maybe saying our lifestyle podcast, we're going to say, you know, OLP, right? But like you look yes. at a truck club, like back in those days, a lot of the stuff was spelled out. And, and Mike Peters talked a little bit about, you know, they toyed around with like, okay, it's going to say negative camera. That's ah, a little long. But just that NC with the oval. I mean, even by today's standards, I mean, that's like as simple and awesome as you can get, you know, in terms of, I think, the simplicity of it. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, like I said, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh, that's, I mean, those guys were all excited about it. I remember them, you know, scraping the the old logos off and putting the new ones on and just being around that, you know, the jungle juice was flowing. uh, And it was just, you know, we had an absolutely epic time out there. You know, come home from that show, you know, fired up. And I'm just like, I got to do more to my truck, you know, because I, you know, again, I'm kind of, I'm not, I wasn't rich at the time, but I was, you know, I had my first mechanic job by that time. I was working at a Firestone, you know, mountain, mountain and dismounting tires all day and changing oil. Uh, So I was a little bit mechanically inclined, but I was, dead set on getting my truck lower 
And mm -hmm. uh, I think right around that time, you know, one of those tech articles came out for doing air shocks from trendsetters. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm putting air shocks on my truck. And, uh, you know, being a kid still, <laughs> I call, uh, you know, the shop number, talk to, and Sean answers the phone over at trendsetters. And if anybody, you talk to anybody that's ever been in that day, uh, you could call Sean and he would talk your ear off if he, uh, <laughs> he was interested in not working that day or whatever. Oh yeah. But, oh, Rest in peace of the home. Oh, he was the best. Uh, he would share any kind of knowledge with you. Uh, he was definitely not the guy that was going to keep, you know, was trying to keep secrets. And uh, he told me what all I needed to do and how to do it. And uh, one of the guys I had met at that little Round Rock car show's dad was a welder. Mm -hmm. So we went out there on a Saturday and, uh, you know, used the magazine as reference and some little bit of measurements I got from Sean. And uh, we whittled out a set of air shock mounts. And I put a set of those Rancho air shocks on the front of the Amigo and uh, turned the torsion bars down a little further. And, you know, back then you ran a little you know, cigarette lighter compressor to, you know, fill them bad boys up to 150 PSI <laughs> so you could drive around. Yeah. But uh, that was my first step, you know, into learning how to lower things further than they should be probably. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was the first big mod I did. You know, followed shortly by we did air shocks in the back of it and, you know, stripped the leaf springs out of it. And uh, by that time, it would, I could air it out and I could drag the little cross members on the ground. Oh, yeah. And uh, around Texas, I was, at the time, I was probably one of the lower trucks going to all the car shows. And I remember uh, I hooked the transmission cross member off that Amigo on a bridge joint. Uh, going about 30 miles an hour, cruising around one time and proceeded to peel that sucker straight back <laughs> and drove it, had to have it record to a off-road shop because it was the only shop in town I knew that would do custom stuff. And uh, it was called Off-Road Sound and Security. It was here in Austin. Okay. And uh, they put it up on the lift, and I think they charged me like 200 bucks. And they cut the stock cross member out of it and built me a new flat one so I wouldn't drag it. And, <laughs> and, uh, so I, I was all excited about that. And while they had it up in the air, they went ahead and torched the rear bump stops off for me. And uh, I ended up getting it a couple, you know, couple, couple more inches out of it. So I was happy again. Yeah, and that's that was that was the progression of mini trucking, man. Oh yeah, and then, like I said, I still had the air shocks in the front. So I think I came across the hydraulic pump and a couple cylinders for sale used. And uh, the same guys over there, so I was, I was friends with them by that time. They uh, switched out my air shock mounts in the front. And the, the guy they had working over there built me some hydraulic mounts. And uh, so I put I switched over the front of it to hydraulics. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the hydraulics, I could lay the front of it you know, flat on the ground and just it was a spark show after that. <laughs> and, uh, I remember I probably had it done a couple months and, you know, you, you, you know, you learn from your mistakes at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe the off-road shop was not the place to go to get hydraulics put on your mini truck. 
Um, but because, there weren't. Yeah, uh, but let's be honest. There weren't a lot of places doing. Yeah, that there kind was of no stuff, mini trick shop, especially not really in Texas. <laughs> you know, I mean, even yeah, as big as Texas is. Yeah, not in that that a or in that era. I don't think. Yeah, so I ended up peeling a hydraulic mount off the front of that thing one time, going to a car show. So limped it back home to the Firestone where I worked at. You know, I put it up on the lift and looked at what they had done. I guess it was the first time I got a really good look at what they had done. And I'm like, ah, I could have done a better job than that. And uh, the mechanic there, we had a little cracker box welder for emergencies helped me hammer it back into place and showed me how to weld with the stick welder, which was probably the worst thing I could have got, uh, learned how to do. (laughs) And, uh, I think the next week I bought a 110 amp MIG welder off the snap on tool truck. Damn. Yeah. You wasted Uh, no time. Yeah. They had, uh, they had gotten it in on trade. Uh, it was one of is a tiny little, carry around welder but it was the welder and it had a tiny the to this day it's the smallest uh you know co2 argon bottle i've ever seen in my life it was probably like a foot and a half tall uh that they had took on trade so i you know you know snap on truck you buy buy i'll pay later so (laughs) i bought that welder you know drug it home and uh i think with i i had another friend that came over he had some experience welding. I don't know as if he was that great a welder, but he kind of showed me the ins and outs of MIG welding. So, you know, within a few weeks, I had it jacked up my truck and C-notched it. And uh, so, again, a little bit lower, a little closer to the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then b- before you know it, I was putting air shock mounts and C-notches in most of the trucks in custom minis at the time. Again, my friend who was a dick to me at the time, David Schilling, uh, <laughs> went on to have a his little white Nissan ended up being an orange, fully shaved, body drop Nissan that was featured in mini trucking uh, not long after mine was. Mm-hmm. I did his truck. Todd Katner, another guy I met in custom minis uh, that actually, all these guys ended up coming into the Texas chapter of Camber when we got in. But uh, his was the first... Like, I think my truck still just had front hydraulics on it. Mm -hmm. And his was, he had just finished, he worked at a body shop. He had just finished fully shaving. He had a standard cab Mazda, shaved door handles, you know, the escort headlights, shaved tailgate roll pan, you know, all the the smoothed out mods, Mm -hmm. painted it. The still to this day the slickest coat of bright paint I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the truck was absolutely perfect. I had air shocked it before he painted it, and it was on you know fifteen inch Pathfinders. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to a little show in Louisiana, Cajun Mini Nationals uh, in Jennings, Louisiana, and Courtney loved the truck. He saw it because, you know, Courtney was a Mazda guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, this truck is awesome. He goes, I really want to shoot it. But he goes, I, I can't put another truck on Pathfinders in the magazine. <laughs> they just, they, we've, we've done too many already. Uh-huh. You know, so he, my buddy came home. He was a little bummed. Um, you know, I was, you know, steadily improving my abilities in my dad's garage. 
had moved on to, you know, I was doing step notches. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done a few, I did one four link on a truck with air shocks, which was a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> on a little verted Mazda for a buddy of mine. And, uh, yeah, you had to put like 120 PSI in it before it would move. Mm-hmm. And then it would lift up like six inches and ride like poo. But that was my first, <laughs> you know, full suspension four link job. And uh, we got back from that show, and Todd was like, we're going to do my truck all the way. I'm like, what do you mean we're going to do it all the way? He goes, you said, you've been talking about body dropping something. Let's body drop my truck. Oh, snap. And I'm like, let's do it. I was like, if, you, if you're willing, to, th- let's do it. So he got home, and I think by that next weekend, he had stripped the entire interior out of it and uh, drove his truck to my dad's garage. I put it up on stands, you know, pulled everything apart. Um, again, called my phone a friend, uh, Sean Mahaney and said, Hey, we're getting ready to, you know, tear into this truck. Anything I should be worried about. And he, uh, you know, gave me a handful of pointers mm-hmm. and said, I mean, there, he basically said, it's just metal. You can't, you can't unfix it. Uh, or you can't, uh, there's nothing you can't fix, I guess is what you would say. Yeah. Trying to reassure and, that, uh, Hey, if you make a mistake, you can fix it. Yeah. So I, uh. My buddy got on the phone with him, ordered, uh, he was working at CNC Hydraulics at the time, uh, making those, they, they sold those manifolds that everybody was running back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we ordered a six valve single pump, you know, manifold and four cylinders from it um, with mini coils. And, you know, Todd's poor little truck blown apart in my garage. I, uh, put a step notch in it built hydraulic uh mounts in it all the way around uh got my nerve up with the sawzall and you know <laughs> we cut the whole floor out of that truck and dropped it down two inches and welded it all back together and uh when i finished that truck uh while i had well while i had it in the shop he took his hubs and uh, had them redrilled five lug and i put a toyota axle in it in the ah. rear Okay, and uh, he ordered a set of sixteen-inch elite. Uh, I think they were like a seven, six or a seven-spoke chrome wheel for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, as soon as I was finished with it, we bolted all that on. You know, set it on the ground for the first time. And like, mind you, I still hadn't body dropped mine. This was his was the first one I did. And uh, you know, we rolled that thing out to its first show. And uh, in fact, I think it might have been. A year to the day, uh, when, by the time he got the interior fully finished in it, you know, and got it all ready, uh, we took it to that same show, KG Mini Nats, a year later. Oh, wow. And Courtney flipped out and shot it, <laughs> and shot it for a feature. And he said it was the most beautiful Mazda he's ever seen in his life. That's um, awesome. Yeah, because <laughs> they look so good when they're low. And like you said, I mean, this was circa... 90, it would have been 596 96 I think that truck was featured is 96 97 yep it, when that one was featured yeah and, uh, epic dude it was uh it was it, and uh that was the first time you know they did a little three page feature on it uh but my little homegrown shop underground customs uh mom and dad's garage so to speak uh that was the first time it appeared in the magazine and uh you know I was just you know on cloud you know, 27 because, uh, you know, that was something that I built with my bare hands 
in a got you know it's out there in the magazine because i mean that is the 90s the internet was still a baby and, oh yeah you know that was how you got to see the cool stuff so finally something you know that me and my friends built by ourselves you know on the pages of the magazine we were just blown away yeah and that was before we uh, were getting the aol cds in the mail like sign up for aol that, that, that was before the aol cd <laughs> <laughs> you, know, um, you know you're old school, Rob, when you can say that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the. F- I, I to this day, I'm. I, I in fact, Todd came over and hung out with me, uh, not last week, but the week before, and we w- sat around. You know, did just the same thing we did back then, uh, tinkered around with mini trucks in the garage, and uh, had a few beers and just told stories about the old days. Oh yeah, and I told him then. I was like, I still can't believe you let me cut up that beautiful truck. <laughs> he goes, he goes, man, I knew you could do it. Yeah, it was the gateway, you know, as far as yeah. like, you know, I don't want to say getting your feet wet because you were already dabbling and stuff, but it was like it gave you the reassurance. Especially, I remember first hearing about body drops and you know and understanding what they were, and it was like, oh, they're channeling, they cut your floor and stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, as a as a young kid, you're like, damn, dude, like structurally, like cutting the vehicle, like, man, you got to know oh. what you're doing. And, you know, but obviously like Sean Mahaney, you know, him having dabbled in so much, rest in peace to the homie, with with all that he had done, like he was like kind of the big homie that you could look up to and like you said, phone a friend to be like, yo, man, I'm about to do this. And he gave you that reassurance because he had you already know, dabbled in it a lot. You know, and it's funny because I, when I called Sean and I used to, harass him all the time uh he was nothing but the coolest dude to me Mm -hmm. and when i i body dropped that mazda and they had i had a fire limiter i needed to get my truck lower because at this time you know my i had you know i don't know if you're at all familiar with amigos but they come with their own special set of circumstances oh yeah Uh, the control arms hang down the cross members hang down. The exhaust hangs down. Mm-hmm. Um, by this time, I mean, I had gotten mine pretty low. Uh, it laid on the frame in the back. The front set up about, you know, two inches because the suspension hung way down. And, you know, and I had beaten up Sean that whole time I was working on that Mazda. And I said, I really need to figure out something to do with the front of this Amigo. He goes, oh, man, just put an S10 suspension under it. That's what yeah. I did in mine. I always remember I reading that in the feature. His, and it was low. Yep. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, I just got an S10 suspension out of a junkyard and put it under there. Yep. I'm like, how much you charge to do something like that? Because I was, I, I didn't mind notching a truck and, you know, doing all that stuff, but cutting the whole front clip off, I was like, eh, I don't yeah. know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> right, he's right. Like, he goes, man, I'll give you a deal, man. Just bring it out here. Uh, I could do it in a week. Wow. I'm like, bet i was like i made plans me and a a buddy of mine chris we drove to whittier california that's where cnc hydraulics was located at the time Mm -hmm. in my amigo damn so you drove it out in december i left uh christmas day in the afternoon me and chris packed up and took off uh, he kissed. He was married at the time. He kissed his wife and his kid goodbye uh, <laughs> after they opened up presents, and we hauled ass. Damn, dude, that's true. Mini truckers, right there, bro. Yeah, we drove all the way to Whittier in a straight shot, switching off driving. Um, checked into a motel at like two in the morning, 
Um, this motel was empty. It was on Whittier Boulevard. I'd never been all the way to California. I had been to, you know, Parker by that time, never to California. So it's my first time in California. Like I said, again, no cell phones. We check into this motel on Whittier Boulevard. It looked okay. We, we get into the room. Uh, it's me and him, you know, mini truckers. We're sharing a, r- a room. We get in there. It's one bed, of course. So, you know, we get in there, you know, pass out. So we're on Texas time. I wake up. It's probably 7 in the morning their time. <laughs> or their time. It's like 9 for me. Uh-huh. You know, I'm cranked ready to get to my tr- get my truck to the shop. I come out of this hotel room on Whittier Boulevard. It was nothing but car lot was packed. It was empty when we checked in. Oh, right, because they do the Whittier cruises and stuff, right? So you, you wish it was the Whittier cruises. Oh, yo, it's ODB. This is our final break for this episode. We want to give a huge shout out to Garage Gear Clothing. They offer free shipping in the U.S. Go to garagegearclothing.com. Order today. They have shirts for men, women, and children. The West Coast Influence, that's the only place to pick up the only mini truck documentary style film. It's minitruckfilm.com. I want to thank Joey at Get Decked for the continued support. If you're a show promoter or you want your vehicle on a skate deck, Joey can do it. Look up Get Decked, just how it sounds, Facebook, Instagram. No order is too small. He'll do as minimum as one, but of course, he can take care of plenty like he does for OLP all the time. Lastly, if you want to order official Our Lifestyle Podcast merchandise, including our latest Out of Air, paying homage to Back to the Future 2, simply go to ourlifestylepodcast.com and place an order. Biggity Mike the Mayor and Mrs. Mayor will ship those generally the next business day. You know how we do. Do not delay. Order today. Enjoy the rest of this episode. It was nothing but hookers for the... As far as the eye could see, coming out of these hotel rooms. I'm like, oh my God, where the heck are we staying? Oh I'm my like, God. You know, that's, that's the kind of adventures you get into when you before phones, because you just drive out there with a Rand McNally map in your right. passenger seat and uh, check into the first hotel you find. Yeah, talk about so, kids who don't understand these days, because the other day I woke up and what was trending on Twitter was some like big long hashtag before there was GPS, and I was like, "Oh, what is this?" So I tap on it, and it was that you know all of those stories of like I had a Rand McNally you know Atlas so, in my freaking the car. The Atlas, yeah, that was how I got it <laughs> from California to Texas and back. No iPhones, and, uh, none, nothing, none, zero. I think I had a, I might have had a pager at the time. Right, but, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so we checked out. I got out of this hotel. Uh, we drove to Sean's shop. And, you know, he pulls the Amigo in. He had already gotten a, a front clip from the junkyard because I said I was coming. Uh, had had his helper power washed it. It was sitting out front. You know, he pulls the truck in there, jacks it up, you know, straight to work. Uh, and to see Sean work. Like a machine, right? Z- yeah, he, zero Fs given. <laughs> um, I mean. He invented that. Yeah, not, and not to hate on the guy, because rest in peace, He and he was one of my good friends for uh-huh. till he passed. I still talk to that guy. Yep. And I don't remember seeing a tape measure around, <laughs> but yeah, in 
five days time he hung that amigo clip under there the s10 clip that or the s10 clip you know he ended up having to make some contraptions to make the steering box work but man he knocked it out it laid flat frame when it left his shop and we left that shop after five day adventure in whittier at the hooker hotel <laughs> and drove straight to rezzo ah okay and you know this was, like I said, by the time we had started the Texas chapter of Camber. So, you know, I drove out to Rezzo. Uh, the Amigo was fully primed by that time because we had shaved the door handles on it. Um, I shaved the tailgate on it, uh, fridged in the license plates. You know, all the mods that Lomigo had at the time uh, when it was painted finally. Um I drove it out to Rezzo that year with uh, with my buddy Chris. Uh, I think our other buddy David flew out, uh, you know, set up a tent in December, froze our butts off at Rezzo. Uh, Courtney shopped the truck for its construction zone feature. I think this would have been 96, 97 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got my little blurb for construction zone fame back then. And, uh, you know... We took off from the show, and, you know, I burnt up a wheel bearing in the middle of Arizona uh, from the junkyard clip, <laughs> <laughs> and ended up having to fly home from Tucson after getting a ride from some guy in a Trans Am. Me and my buddy, he drove us to an, the Tucson airport. I left my truck in a storage lot, flew home, and then my mom and dad actually drove out the next weekend and picked up the truck from the storage lot and drove it back home for me. And I, I tell you what, I heard a lot about that trip after spending all that money, getting that clip put on for my dad about that burnt up wheel bearing. <laughs> <Really>? so, <laughs> I parked the truck. You know, we got it home. I parked it in my driveway, a, a, a little disheartened, mm-hmm. but by this time we had, uh, I was working at a Jeep mechanic job, uh, doing, uh, repair work on jeeps of all things mm-hmm. i ended up swapping my good buddy booger had his toyota uh that he needed to get rid of at the time that was fully primered all the body work you know done by brian at chop shop body dropped uh by this time it did have front airbags in it done by them and uh he just he had to get rid of it he couldn't keep it so i ended up swapping him a, a suzu uh pup an 85 that i that was my beater mm-hmm for his Toyota and uh I was driving that back and forth to the Jeep place and the the, the all the guys that worked at the Jeep place hated on me all day every day for my mini truck in their Jeep parking lot. <laughs> and uh you know the boss always had this thing where he's like you can do you guys can do whatever you want on the weekends. Everybody has a key. You can come in here, you know, use the rack if it's open, use the tools, mm-hmm. you know, oh, just cool. clean up after you're done. So by this time, I was doing you know quite a bit of mini truck work on the side, so I brought a buddy of mine, his little Toyota in, and you know we airbagged the front of it on the lift in a day, and you know I cleaned up my mess, didn't think nothing of it, took off, and uh, I catch I caught a reaming for that the next Monday <laughs> that I was up there because one of the other guys was bitching that I was tying up the rack all day, and. Uh, didn't quite see eye to eye after that. And the, 
they they just told me it was probably better off that I go do something else. Oh damn! And uh, I was like, you know what? I am gonna go do something else. So I went home. Uh, you know, my truck was still broken in the driveway. I'm driving Bugs Body Drop Toyota around. Radar, you know, I was good friends with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I still hadn't body dropped my Amigo yet, by the way. Radar's like body drop my truck. Oh, so not the space that cab. Was, yeah, the space cab. He brought the space cab to me. That was probably one of the first like paying jobs I did as a as a business in my garage. Nice. So the second yeah, truck I ever body truck. dropped was Radar's. Dude, that's a and, pretty good uh, little history there, man. Yeah, so I I did that truck. You know, it took me a few weeks. I knocked it out, got it done, got paid. I was, you know, feeling good. So decided I'm going to body drop mine finally since, you know, I'm the whole, I'm the one doing all the work and I don't have a body drop truck. Yeah, this is probably like 96, right? Because if I remember correctly, the, you were you had the truck, you had Lomico at Rezo 95 and 96, I think. Yes. Yeah. So 95 probably was, 95 or 96, it probably wasn't body dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 96 was when they shot for the construction zone. So I, after getting back and it, like I said, it laid derelict in the driveway for <laughs> a couple months as I worked on Radar's truck. I finished Radar's truck. I pulled mine in there. Finally, I think, you know what? It was probably a few months after that because, you know, I was in business for myself now. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was, you know, doing as many trucks as fast as I could. Um, I think when I finally got around to bringing my truck in there, it was a, you know, two weeks before Texas heat wave, probably that year in 96. And I was pretty good friends with Brian Gendro and all those guys from the chop shop by that time. Cause when we hauled that, we hauled that red Mazda out to Rezo in 96, mm-hmm. I think it was, or 97. I don't know. The years all run together. Oh, yeah. But when we went out there, we didn't, again, we still barely knew anybody. But we're like, we called, the, you know, all the camber guys when we got out there. Uh, I called Eric Scarlett, I think, was the number I had from a payphone. <laughs> right. He's like, Hoping just come he to the up. chop shop and hang out. So he gave me the address, and I ran McNally my way over there. <laughs> and uh, I remember getting there, and they were all thrashing on trucks trying to get them ready for Rezo. So, you know, I was there. I was like, let me help. So I went in there and just, you know, just jumped in, started working on stuff. Brian wasn't there. I think Brian showed up about an hour later. He was running errands. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were putting, I can't remember his name. One of the the OG members of Camber had an extended cab Nissan that Brian stretched into a long bed. Ah, and we were, okay. you know, we were throwing the bed on that truck, and he's like, "Who the heck are you?" <laughs> Where'd I'm you like, come I'm from? I'm from Texas. I only talked to you on the phone. He goes, "Oh, cool." So yeah, we thrashed on trucks all night. Went to Rezo that weekend. You know, that was a pretty. There's a lot of photos floating around from that year at Rezo with that red Mazda mm-hmm. in a lineup out front of the camper camp with uh, the Alpha McLean Cruiser parked yes. next to it. Yep, and yep. Uh, exactly Kane's yellow Toyota. Yep, and I'll dig so up some all, of those photos. Yeah, they were all in a row out there hanging out. I mean, I mean, just epic times. But that I became really close to Brian on that trip. Spent a lot of time just shooting the shit, you know, 
trying to learn as much as I could because you know he was you know he was doing a lot of tech at the time. Yeah, it was like free advice, and you know. Oh yeah, and he was more than he's another guy. Him and Sean both. I mean, more than willing to share what they knew. Yeah. Well, and, uh, when we had Chris Schmidt on recently, you know, NC brother, he. Uh, talked about how he was traveling to like Spring Splash and some of these, you know, shows 90, circa 95, 96. So, like, to hear it from him up in New York, and then obviously, like, Courtney, you know, Breast in Peace was kind of bringing you guys together, and then you were kind of hooked because of just the epicness that you saw when you went to Spring Splash. And then here you are, you know, down in like Escondido, San Diego area, right? Where Gendro, oh, yeah. the chop shop was at. Yeah. Yeah. It, and this was like, I remember it was like, you know, the, I want to say it was the the peak, but it was the beginning of the peak. Oh yeah, uh, for the chop shop. I mean, that was uh, I think that was the first shop Gendro moved out of from his house. Because mm. um, I mean, the the OG chop shop uh, tech articles are are shot in uh, Brian's two car garage. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> and uh, cool. Courtney was excellent at making it not look like a two car garage. Right, right. The I'll, I'll tell you more about that in a little bit, but uh, well. Yeah, let me ask you this. So, you know, talking about Lomigo, we're talking to Rob Rodell, Negative Camber, Texas. When you think about Lomigo, you know, you've kind of given us some of the, this backstory that's pretty freaking awesome. When um, when you body dropped it, how soon from that point did you start to get it, you know, like decide that you're going to go full-blown graphics and stuff? Okay, so the body drop story on that, I started on it like two weeks before Heat Wave. I had it almost finished when Brian Gendro and them, they, it was Brian Gendro, Tom Horn, Mike Peters. Ah, wow. I think it was all three of those guys. They came out with Brian's ombre that year to show at heat wave. Cause we told him, man, you need to come to heat wave. And he's like, I'm like, you can stay at my house. So they all drove out, you know, at my parents' house, of course. Uh, I, put him up at the in the spare bedroom he's hanging out yeah i think he got there like on a friday early mm-hmm. and he's like well what, what, what's left on your truck i said like, i'm not even worried about it it's almost you know a roller but you know i don't need close. it close yeah. it was close i don't need to have it out there and he was like nope we're taking it <laughs> and uh i think we sent my mom to the store to buy uh as much mountain dew as she could get <laughs> and uh it was a Mountain Dew-fueled uh, full 24-hour thrash to push my... We got my truck put together enough to push it on the trailer and haul it out for Heat Wave that week. And, and I think there even might have been a shot. Uh, it's still primered, but it was body dropped, sitting on the ground at Heat Wave. You probably can't see it, but I think Brian and I are asleep behind it in the grass. Uh, Classic, <laughs> I don't dude. think we saw anything that day at Heat Wave. We just slept. Yeah, and that's like yeah. circa probably ninety seven because then a year later it's on the cover the same month yes. as Heat Wave. Yes, and it uh it was funny because he was like, you know, I was, in fact, this was when I was supposed to start my, I think it was, I I had another job that was scheduled to come in after that or whatever, and Brian's like, you should come out to California for a week or two and uh, hang out with us, and we'll. He goes, I'll fly you back. I'm like, and you know, I was, you know, self-employed at the time. I'm like, you know what? I will do that. Yeah, you had <laughs> that. You had the flexibility, yep. Yeah, so I rode back to Escondido with Brian and Tom and Mike. 
Brian had bought a uh, Ford shoebox sedan uh, that weekend while he was at the show. Okay. Uh, a buddy of ours had it for sale, and he wanted it. So okay. Brian bought that and put it on his trailer. And uh, I think Tom Horn didn't have a driver's license at the time or something was the deal. He needed somebody to drive the, the ombre back to California that mm-hmm. had a license. So, yeah, I ended up driving <laughs> that ombre all the way back to San Diego with uh, Tom Horn as my co-pilot. I remember that trip well because we blew up the water pump in Brian's van in uh, Fredericksburg, Texas. Uh, we camped out on the side of the street until Walmart opened so we could buy a toolkit and a new water pump. And I put a water pump on his van on the side of the road. Damn. Uh, and then we drove the rest of the way till we got to El Centro. We started blowing out trailer tires because uh, <laughs> it was like 115 degrees. And I, I think by the time we got to uh, Brian's house, it had the mini spare off of his van on it and uh a couple of tires we had bought at a used tire store on that trailer yeah to just get it there yeah just to get it there and then i spent the next two weeks in in mini truck heaven uh working side by side with brian in his garage um at the time he was back at his house og chop shop i remember the truck i can't remember what we worked on you know i was just you know in awe and, you know, learning from an absolute uh, metal master at the time uh, for two weeks. And spent uh, spent my two weeks there. He sent me home, you know, refreshed energy, was ready to, uh, you know, tackle anything after that. And uh, yeah, from that point on, I was pretty much, you know, Brian was one of my good friends after that. And anytime he would get busy, uh, he would uh, phone a friend and send me a plane ticket. And I would, uh, you know, spend my rotation between working in my parents' garage and working in, uh, out in his shop or garage or wherever he was at the time for the next, I don't know, uh, probably two years. Oh, yeah. And uh, that, uh, you know, I was making enough money to, uh, you know, pay my bills, travel to shows, you know, buy tools and, uh, you know, doing some horse trading. I... Uh, that little Toyota I got from Booger, I had uh, done a bunch of work on my buddy Dave's Nissan. So he, in in return, had learned how to paint. We painted that Toyota, and uh, I ended up selling it about two weeks after I painted it to a dude in Indiana, I think it was, because he heard I had a body drop truck for sale. And uh, I used the money I made after I paid off the loan to buy the billet wheels for the Amigo. Uh, the 17-inch Bill Special of these Odysseys I ordered from a buddy of mine. I used that cash to pay for it. I had body dropped my friend's Ford Ranger, and he was painting the Amigo. So the Amigo was at his mom's house uh. in about a 1,000 pieces. Uh, my buddy Scott had gone uh, to Wyotech for custom paint and body. And uh, he worked at that same body shop that my friend Dave worked at, Custom Car Crafters here in Austin previously, so I knew him pretty good. And uh, I body dropped his truck. He painted the Lomigo, that that get him green base color that it got famous for. Mm-hmm. I got it back from Scott the week before uh, Spring Splash 97. 
Ah, okay. So Spring Splash 97, and I was waiting on the wheels to show up. You know, of course, you know, billet wheels, they take, you know, months to come in. <laughs> right. I had ordered them months in advance just so I'd have them in time. They didn't come in in time, so I drugged that truck in all of its bright green glory with no interior. I trailered it out to Splash on the 15-inch, uh, you know, progressive deuces. Mm-hmm. And uh, we showed out there. I, I think I went out a few days early, too, because we thrashed on uh, Dave Chappelle's Toyota. We finished that one up for that show. Uh, he had a body drop, regular cab, red Toyota truck that had a four lug conversion. It had a rear end out of a Toyota Supra, a straight axle rear end that he had gotten from another camber guy. And Brian had four linked it and body dropped it. He was Brian's little shop helper at the time. And, uh, I helped Brian tightening that up. And, uh, then we cruised, all of us cruised out to the run on the river. And that was, that was the year it was on the other side of the river. It wasn't in Parker. And, uh, I met, I think I met Chris Schmidt that year. Oh, nice. Splash. But again, it, the Lomigo pops up in the magazine. Uh, it was bright green, body dropped on the deuces. Uh, I got home from that trip. And of course, you know, the 17s showed up. While I was gone. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's the way it works out. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I think it's super shops was where I bought the Euro TAs for that, for those wheels and had them mounted up. And I took that truck to one local car show, lime green on the 17s. And it was body dropped. And that's where I met, uh, Ryan Evans. Oh, okay, got it. Yep. Who yeah, works now yeah. at counting well, the T V yeah, show is yeah. counting cars. Yeah, he's on the counting car show, but at the time he had his own shop, uh Syndicate Studios, and it was in Round Rock, not far from my house. He had just moved to the area and you know, he was trying to make a name for himself. He was painting a lot of motorcycles at the time, but he wanted to paint something that was gonna get him some recognition. And uh I started going by his shop, you know, and hanging out, seeing what he was doing, giving him a hand. Uh, we hit it off pretty quick. He was uh, sleeping in his shop at a time. At the time, uh, a week at a time, he would go home on the weekends and take a shower and do laundry. Wow! And then come down again for the for the week. So I was like, dude, just come, you know, crash at my parents' house during the week. You can, you know, take showers. You ain't got to stink. And uh, he ended up hanging out over there. Um, I would help him out on his shop when I wasn't working on stuff in mine. He's like, pay for paint. Let me put graphics on your truck. He goes, I want to go crazy. Really? He had painted. He said he had painted one truck complete before then. And it just, it, he could do better. He kept saying, I can, I can do something awesome. I can do something awesome. And I remember we talked to, for a few weeks. We discussed what he was going to do. Um, I think I, honest to God, I paid him six hundred dollars for materials. Wow! Don't man, dude, that's yeah, crazy. That is the deal of the century. Like I said, he he just wanted to paint something, and my truck. Like I said, I give props to Scott because he 
he got my bad body work whipped into shape <laughs> that there wasn't a, a ripple on that truck and that green paint job was flawless yeah, it's and, a killer uh, killer truck. Now, talk to us a little bit about, like, I'd like to know about the photo shoot itself, right? So you give us a lot of detail on the truck. Like, it, it appears on July 98 cover. You're cruising. Rest in peace, Courtney. You know, he shoots it. Give us the backdrop of that because, I mean, I, my assumption is always, like, it was shot three, four months before. Do you recall if it was when yes, it was shot? Yes, it, it, it was actually shot at Rezzo oh, or during okay. Rezzo that year. So you were out in Cali for that then? Yeah. Because we put the graphics on it. it. The first time you ever see it with graphics was in Heat Wave 97 photos. It was fully graphic with zero interior in it at, at Heat Wave that year. Got it. So I, sh I was showing it with no interior because I, I started doing interior in it. Uh, my buddy Lurch wrapped the dash in tweed in it. Um, I had the seats done by an upholstery shop. And I hadn't finished the rest of it. I hadn't decided what I was going to do. And I met Ghetto Bob, Vince in Calcutta. That's a tough who, one. Yeah, I can never works, say that name. <laughs> yeah, he works at, he works at uh, Counts Customs, too, That's with what I Ryan now. Yep. Uh, Ghetto Bob's the interior guy there. I met him at a show in Lake Charles. And, again, swapped. Uh, I body dropped his truck and fixed the uh, suspension debauchery under his little S10. And uh, in return, he went nuts on the interior. And uh, when he finished that interior, we it was right before Rezzo. I'm like, I'm taking it to Rezzo. So we Rezzo was an absolute shit show that year. It <laughs> rained. like If you ever see photos of it from that Rezzo 98, uh -huh. It was raining. Like every picture, the ground's wet. All the cars are wet. Uh, I think that's probably the only shot of that. My there was in the magazine with the top on it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Shardis was at that show because at the time Courtney was working for Hot Bike. He was doing you know custom motorcycle stuff. Oh yeah, exactly. So Shardis the... is like, man. He goes, I'm shooting it. I want to shoot it. When can we shoot it? I'm like, well, I'll hang out after the show, and you can just shoot it whenever. He goes, he goes, I'm going to Brian's anyway. He goes, we'll just, we'll set up something for the week after. He's like, awesome. So I went to Brian's house. Shard is set up for, uh, again, rest in peace. I hate to say that so many times. Sean Carlson to shoot it ah. on Monday or Tuesday of that week. So I'm on the phone with Sean setting up, you know, trying to link up to get the, the shoot. And uh, I ended up blowing a hole or blowing a hydraulic cylinder out getting ready to go to the chute damn so i called sean i'm like dude i can't make it i gotta rebuild a cylinder he's like oh no big deal uh let me know when it's done and we'll we'll figure it out so you know i pulled the hydraulic cylinder out and uh brian and i are running all over san diego trying to find some seals to rebuild the cylinder um, nobody had any in stock but i found a there was a guy that had one eight-inch hydraulic cylinder on the shelf. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lowrider's hydraulic cylinder. Didn't match anything I had, but it was put together. I'm like, I'll take it. Right. So I just threw the cylinder in there, you know, bolted it back together. I called Mike up. I'm like, hey, I got it all fixed. He's like, oh, Sean's tied up the rest of the week. He goes, uh, Courtney said he'll shoot it real quick. Just 
give him a call. And uh, so I called Courtney. He's like, ah, meet me out. He goes, I'm shooting a bike uh, not far from y'all. He goes, just meet me here and uh, and we'll, we'll find a spot. Mm-hmm. So I drove up there uh, to the shop where he was shooting the, that, the bike feature. And uh, he was in his little S10. And he goes, there's a spot uh, over by a gun range over here that's got a nice parking lot mm-hmm. that'll work for a good backdrop. Mm-hmm. So we drove this gun range. And, you know, I, I, Courtney's, you know, he, you know, he's very particular about how he likes to shoot stuff. So he's like arranging the truck. You know, having me turn it around, oh, yeah. moving Look it around, up some, yep, looking yeah, at the wheels and, it, and all that. Yeah, so I, we shot the whole thing in this. Uh, you know, it was a crushed stone driveway, basically, of this gun range. So the whole time he's shooting it, you're hearing, you know, gun <laughs> fire in the background. Um, I think he knocked out, you know, the shots that he wanted to do there. Probably less than an hour, mm-hmm. we were done. He's like, "Man, I want to get some rolling shots." So. Ghetto Bob was with me at the time, and uh, the captain, I think, was out there at the time. And uh, we, Captain was driving, uh, Kevin Coonsy was driving Courtney's S10 down the freeway with Courtney laying in the back of it, uh, and he shot those rolling shots. I, you know, finished up, you know, shook hands. He took off with the with his camera rolls, and uh, I didn't hear nothing to, nothing from it you know they give you that mike sent me a little sheet the sheet to fill out that you know i don't know if you've ever read one of those trucking mini trucking feature sheets from back in the day that were a complicated uh wormhole of information they (laughs) wanted from you yeah uh, i remember seeing those because my buddy's truck was shot and yeah, it was like it was a yeah, lot they of were, info. They were like an all-purpose, you know, for any magazine. <laughs> yeah, they were exactly one size, supposedly fit all. Yeah, one, yeah so, the thing that I always thought about is the cover is awesome, but it makes sense because in the little table of contents, it mentions, you know, rolling low action provided by Courtney, quote, hot by Hollowell. Right, because he yep. was... He was doing, um, you know, that stuff. But to me, like the the centerfold where it says Lomico with the font and it says getting jiggy with it, Texas style. Oh. And that, that, you know, I don't know if it was asphalt or, you know, whatever it is. But to me, like that where it was parked, it just made it look cool because, you know, you had a little bit of the brush in the back. But then you, oh, yeah. s- you see like the graphics and stuff. And for whatever reason, like I think like the the ground that it was sitting on, man, it just it did make it look good. It was, you know, Courtney, after that feature shoot, uh, we became, I I became really close with Courtney, talked to him a lot. Mm -hmm. And when he went back to street trucks after hot bike and started shooting that, I probably was around him. I don't know how many times shooting features and uh, just the eye he had for location and arrange setting stuff up. I mean, he was one of the best. I mean, he could make, I mean, the stuff just, it popped in the, on the pages of the magazines. Oh yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that those I'd had, you know, like I said, pre-internet days, uh, I didn't hear nothing out of Mike after he got the photos. And, uh, when I got the, he, I think he, he might've mess left a message on my phone that said, yeah, it's going to be out in July, you know, just keep an eye out for it. You know, they don't send you a copy of it in the mail or anything like that. Right. And, uh, 
I remember waiting, you know, by the mailbox, waiting for that mini trucking to get there. And uh, when it was on the cover, I was blown away because I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the rolling shot is just so good. And it kind of was, I always like those because it, it usually would contrast a little bit with the feature because the feature obviously is not done on the highway. So you yeah. had this kind of different photo there, which made for a great plaque or, you know, hanging, you know, in the shop or whatever. And, you know, uh, the research we've done is basically Courtney, he had, um, he had shot, he was credited with 17 covers. So, you know, some of them were like with the S10, it was him and I think Mike Alexander and then, you know, Clint Walker, but you know, on one of them and, and charts this on one, but like, I mean, for one, you have one of the 17 covers that Courtney was credited with. And I, I look yes. at it and say, dude, it's, it's one of my favorite covers because it had the rolling shot. But then the other thing was the Amigo. I actually owned one for a while uh, that was like a daily driver with static drop that rode horribly. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, for those to be like kind of topless, um, you know, with the top off, like it just made for like a real awesome cover. Oh, man, it was that that truck was so much fun to to cruise around in. And, you know, after that thing, you know, after it got painted, I still drove it a lot locally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're, they're, you'd find that thing parked in the mall parking lot. Right. Yep. After it was done. I mean, I I wasn't not going to drive it. I love that thing. Yeah. And uh, local cruise nights, everything I drove it. But if I was going far, I used to always catch flack for tr- trailer queen, yeah. trailer queen, trailer queen. And uh, I remember it was a show up by going toward Dallas one year. I they some kid was just riled up because I had trailered it up there. And you, I was like, and it was, I think it was like an hour from the house. And I was like, you know what? F you. Whatever. <laughs> I was like, I went, I think I, it was a two day show. And I went home that night, unloaded off the trailer. And I, the next day I just drove it there. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I drive this thing constantly <laughs> yeah and little did they know that like you had taken it to california when it was like static dropped and i mean oh yeah i, I, I mean, mean you, thing... you probably have more miles driving your show truck than you know 95 percent of people you know oh man that thing that thing had when i sold it it pro- i think it had like a hundred and fifteen thousand miles on it and uh, i mean i drove yeah and you had it out since, of that truck since new like you said earlier now let me ask it, you this real quick because I always remember, right, so, you know, it was on the cover, you know, we talked about it was on the July 94, like, in that Spring, uh, Easter, or the Spring Splash, you know, event coverage and whatnot and kind of that cover. But then it kind of went dormant for a while. So, is the story goes that you, you know, talk to us a little bit about it. Because you, did you just own it for a few years after it was done done? And then you were like, okay, I'm going to move on. And then that next guy was the one that had it like stashed away all that time before John ended up with it? Well, it gets a little fuzzy. I owned it. They, it came out in July 98 on the cover. Mm-hmm. I took it the heat wave that year, which was like, I think it was 98, heat wave 98. And Courtney did another one of those cover shots uh, with all the trucks. Yes. In a, in a, Funny story, the Amigo was in that picture, too. It's just way in the back. Yeah, I always thought that it was. I mean, you can't really see it, but I, I thought that it was. Yeah, it was It was on, it was on three covers, technically. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> same cool. Same truck, same goofy guy in it. But uh, <laughs> the not long after that, I you know, it was 
99, I was getting the urge. I wanted to build something else. You know, it was done. You know, by that time, the internet was starting to peak up. And, you know, there used to be a Negri Camber website. On, I don't know if you remember GeoCities. Yes, it's I do. One of those build-it-yourself website yep. sites. That website I built in my mom and dad's house. No way. Because we didn't have one. And I knew jack crap about computers. <laughs> and uh, I used to get, you know, I started that Camber website just as kind of like a, you know, a place to put pictures of my buddy's trucks up there on the internet because it was new. And uh, it's funniest stuff ever as I used to get envelopes from all the guys in the club, uh, from all the chapters with, you know, pictures in them. And I would scan all those pictures and upload them to GeoCities. That's funny. <laughs> wow. So that, yeah, because I remember the, I remember even, because back in those days, I'd go on like Latest Craze and Forever Low and all those different yeah. websites, the early versions, right? When the, you know, I don't think it was Java. I forget what it was in that day, like what people were using, right? But they'd code these sites and they were very, like by today's standards, like minimalistic. Oh, but they it, were. It, it still took, you know, obviously like, I mean, probably hours to upload certain stuff and whatnot. And, but I remember going on the site. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, the OG, and you know what, it's, I think Geo, somebody said GeoCities is still out there somewhere. That website is probably still floating around on there. That's funny, yeah. I have, no, I have no idea how to access it, but it might still be there. But yeah, I used to do, I used to scan all those pictures, and I think I put the Amigo up on the site as being for sale, maybe, at one point, and uh, that, I had taken it to, I took it to Indie Truck Bash. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? I didn't know that. Uh, I took it to ITB one year, and, uh, you know, I think, it, in fact, there's a couple of shots of it up there. Uh, there's a blue tracker that had crazy graphics. Yes, I remember that There's a pictures of that, my truck and his truck, like, nose-to-nose that popped up on the internet once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the last truck show I took it to. And then you and, got a call or something. Yeah, I sold it to a guy in the club. Uh, a guy named Carmel in New Jersey. He had to have it. And uh, he's like, I want it. Yeah, I always and remember like, I went to New Jersey. Yeah, I was like, all right. He go, And uh, I forget what we sold it for. You know, At the time, it was, I think, more money than I paid for it new. But still, wow. you know, it was, it was a lot for a mini truck in that time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that. I'll, I'll take it and run. Uh, Carmel, you know, sent me a check. I think I told him to send me a check for like 500 bucks. Like a deposit. A deposit. So I wasn't making, and I would, I rented a U-Haul car trailer, uh, put it behind my pops full-size Chevy, and uh, me and Ghetto Bob drove it up to Jersey one way uh, to Carmel's house. And he looked at it and said, yep, I want it. I was like, all right, cash deal. And he had a paper bag full of cash that he gave <laughs> me. And uh, I sold him the truck. It was the last time I saw it in person. Um, it was sitting out front of his house. Uh, I dropped off that U-Haul trailer. Uh, me and Ghetto Bob uh, went to New York City and hung out for a couple of days, uh, blowing money on dumb stuff. Uh-huh, yeah. And then... Uh, Ended up driving home with an empty trailer, and uh, that was uh, 
the like I said, the last time I saw that truck in person. Yeah. So um, was the mindset like when you decided to sell it, right? Because I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about it at the beginning with bikes and stuff. Like, okay, you know, the stuff we had, but you you had this unique opportunity where you had it from new. Then yeah. you know you had it in Cali, you had it in Texas, you know you hit ITB, um, you get the cover, you had this amazing paint job for a great deal and stuff, and then did did it just wear off that you're just like okay boom I had the success now I could build something else is that what drove well, it? You know it was funny because I was talking to Ryan at the time you know at the time he was still staying with me at my parents' house mm-hmm. I'm like I want to build something else I want to uh, or I want to read I was like that or I'm going to redo it mm-hmm. and we discussed maybe you know changing the base color i don't know if you remember uh the green van that cal concepts painted oh, that then yeah. got based orange and then got based yellow yep or then got based yellow then orange the base color i could change up the wheels i talked about putting airbags on it instead and then just you know just switching it all up and he's like nah let's just build something else just build something else yep so you know i ended up i sold it uh yeah i had a little bit of regret because, you know, I didn't have anything custom. Yeah, that was kind of your baby, you know? Yeah, and I talked to Courtney. I was like, man, I'm going to build something else now. He goes, I don't know what to build. And he's like, build a Nissan Frontier. Ah. Because they had they had been out for a little while, but there was, n- like, none at car shows. Right. And Courtney, I don't know if you remember that time at uh, Street Trucks yes. was starting up. He had a lot of, he, had a, he knew somebody over at Nissan. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time, I didn't know. He knew somebody way up the chain at Nissan because he's like, build a Frontier. I'll get you a deal on it. And uh, so he got me. He ends up you know, talking to this his buddy over at the Nissan uh, corporate headquarters there in L.A. And uh, he, get, he, he calls me up. Here's the guy's number. You uh, call him and discuss what you're going to do. <laughs> so I call, you know, I, here I am like, at the time, 20, mid-20s kid. You know, still building cars out of my parents' garage. I had shot a tech article or two for Courtney out of the garage. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that goes to, again, what I said about Brian's shop. He can make a garage look like a big shop. Oh, yeah. He had a way of doing that. And uh, he shot a, in fact, he helped me shoot a, uh, a four-link feature on my buddy Dave's Nissan that ended up being the one that turned, uh, the guy that painted my Toyota as it comes full circle. Oh yeah. And then getting featured in uh mini truck and, t- or he might've got featured in street trucks, but he goes, get a Nissan, call this guy. So I called this guy. He's like, he goes, what do you want to do to it? It's like, I'm going to do like a full build on it. I want to do, you know, body mods, paint it. I'm going to body drop it, airbag it, you know, put a set of wheels on it. Yeah. Full custom you know, truck. This, that, the other thing he's like, sounds awesome. He goes, go to the dealership, pick out a truck, he goes, I'll get you the truck at a deal. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking like, what kind of deal are you going to get me? Right, you know, right. <laughs> like that fell off a truck deal. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But yeah. So, but yeah, I went in, uh, I went into the local round rock Nissan dealership and I'm walking down the line of frontiers. Uh, frontiers came out in 98. Mm-hmm. This was early 99 and they still only had 98 frontiers on the lot. Damn. They, they had a dark green one. A tan one and this uh, baby poo green. <laughs> and I decided the baby poo green was least offensive of the three. Nice. And I was like, uh, uh, some random salesman, you know, walks out. Hey, you looking at these new trucks? I'm like, yeah, I think I'll take this one. 
He's like, oh, really? You don't want to test drive it or nothing? I'm like, nah, I don't need to test drive it. I was like, I think I'm going to take this one. (laughs) He's like, all right, well, let's go in here and do a little paperwork and see if we can get you, you know, set up. I'm like, all right, but I got somebody you got to call when we get inside. So we go inside. I'm like, this guy here is like the, I think he was the VP of marketing for Nissan uh, USA USA, or whatever it was. Uh I was like, I had his business card that he had, uh, or his phone number written down on a piece of paper, I think, even. I was like, call this guy. He's going to get you the price for the truck. And they're like, what do you mean the price for the truck? So the guy calls the manager over here, and he wants to argue with me. He's like, I'm, call the guy. I'm just telling you, call the guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, still don't have a cell phone at this time. <laughs> call the guy. So, you know, he landline calls this guy up and is like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. And, you know, the conversation was maybe two minutes long. He hangs up the phone. He goes, well, you're getting this truck cheaper than we, get, we even pay for them. And <laughs> <laughs> so I signed some paperwork, you know, drove off the lot in the, the baby puke green Nissan. And uh, the rest took it is home. history. Yeah, it's, it's history because I think I drove it around a couple of weeks just to make sure it didn't have any issues. And, uh, you know, back at the time, you know, everybody talked about paper tag in the mini trucks. And I didn't quite make it paper tag, but uh, I was busy, you know, working on customer jobs. And uh, that would have been, uh, it was a spring splash that year was they shot Road Fools for the first issue of Street Trucks. Yes. I pulled the truck in the garage two weeks before I left for that show and blew it apart. Uh, Ghetto Bob helped me the whole time. He was staying with me. Oh, really? At the time, he was crashing at the parents' house. He didn't have anything to do either. And uh, him and I just busted butt on it. I cut the floor out, body dropped it, I think two and three quarters inches. Uh, I did two inches on the floor, and I lowered all the mounts three quarters of an inch. And uh, airbagged it, four-linked it, Pete and Jake's four-linked Firestone bags. Uh, you know, Firestone compressors were what everybody used back then. I put it all back together. Uh, Courtney, again, the best guy in the world, got me a, a comp set of Anki wheels. The lady just called me and said, what wheels you want? So I picked out a set. Um, I had the hubs out getting re-drilled while I was, you know, as soon as I blew it apart, stuck it all back together, bolted the wheels on it. I even lowered the factory back bumper and stuck it on it and, uh, you know, dropped it off the stands, aired it up, took a test drive to the alignment shop, (laughs) got it aligned, uh, drove it home and threw my tent in the back of it and drove it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Left for spring splash. I mean, I, I, I had literally about... 15 miles on it around the neighborhood and to the alignment shop. And uh, and how'd it do on the trip? Absolutely perfect. That's what but, I thought uh, you were going to say. I refused. I did not air it out the entire drive to Arizona. <laughs> right, just in I case was, you had, like, was, you were just like, yeah, hey, it's running like, good. Oh, God. It just, I just want to drive it. I just want to make it to the show. Uh, we got to La Paz County Park, you know, Cruised into the park. Courtney was there. He saw it roll in, and his eyes were like as big as saucers. He couldn't believe it. He was like, dude, was like, man, man, my homie, he came through. 
Yeah, he, he goes, you got it done. I'm like, yep. He goes, I want to drive it. <laughs> and he fucking stole my keys, hopped in it. And uh, he drove around the show in it for about probably a half hour or so. Come to find out, he hopped in it, took it up the road into town and back. That's awesome. Yeah, he was had a smile on his face ear to ear. Yeah, uh, and I want to point out too, so you had um, in this, you know, Road Fools first issue of Street Trucks, I mean, how epic is that? Um, you had Todd Brian Kenny from Florida. So obviously Todd is Tim's brother, who's, you know, a good friend of ours. Then you had yep. Ghetto Bob. Um, you had Lurch. Uh, yep, of course, Lurch. you, Rob Rodell. Uh, of course, you is, uh, and then Captain. And then Brett Oaks, our, our leader in Severed. And then you had Gene yes. Gene, the dancing machine, Palma. Yeah, Gene and uh, <laughs> Brett disappeared mid-trip back. I don't know where, we, nobody knows where they went. Uh, but yeah, funny. it was funny because Courtney shot that all that footage after the show. Yeah, I was wondering um, about that because you did, you know, and here you've got it aired out. Of course, you guys are at that famous. I always forget the name of it where the dinosaurs are at, and then get yeah, where the dinosaurs are at out there in the middle of the desert. Uh, I think that's Palm Valley or something, Palm Desert or something they call it out there. Yep. Yeah. And then we, the motorhome. We got a, a photo from uh, Todd that we'll share of Courtney driving it. Uh, they I think they were in the Xterra, which maybe was a rental, and then you also had the golf yeah. cart that whoever's golf cart that thing was, that thing was laid out in front of the um, the motorhome, which was epic. Yes. Yeah, that that was funny because that uh at a run not long before that, uh Chris Schmidt was in a car uh and it rolled out in the middle of the desert. And I'll never forget it. Uh he was riding back to California with Courtney in that motorhome. And we were cutting across the desert in that motorhome, and Courtney was driving that thing like he stole it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jeff Davey just talked about how he it. drives motorhomes. <laughs> yeah, he, he had that car hauler trailer behind the motorhome, and it, there's some dips out there going across the desert going toward L.A. <laughs> the motorhome went in that dip and came out of it, and I, the front end came up in the air off the ground, and Courtney said Chris Schmidt was in the passenger seat stomping his feet, screaming, having flashbacks and uh just walked to the back of the motorhome after that and didn't want to ride up front oh yeah that's what jeff was saying you know (laughs) same kind of story so whatever like what came about because i'm trying to remember i'm going from memory the nissan it did get featured didn't it it never got featured um i we drove out there to la i stayed at courtney's house for a day or two hung out with him uh all of us you know crashed on big tan I think was the name of his uncomfortable-ass loner couch in his living room. Uh, so, yeah, we flop-housed at Courtney's in L.A. for a few days. Uh, then I drove it straight down to Gendro's shop. Um, and Gendro, I'd worked out a deal with old Steve Nielsen of, out at Alter Images. Yep. He sent me a Cali combo right out to Gendro's shop. And some I got some flush-mount taillights from high-tech and uh, – Brian and I sat in his shop for a few days, shaved the whole back end of the bed, taillights, you know, did the roll pin combo, shot it for a tech article for street trucks. Ah, maybe that's what I recall. Because I remember seeing more of it in the magazine. And then what happened from there? Um, I, you know, decided it was time for me to move out of my parents' garage under the, uh, you know, the pushing of my dad. You got too many trucks in the driveway. (laughs) Right, right. I want my garage back. Yep. So uh, I decided to rent a shop 
Um, and I ended up moving the shop into Houston area, into Dickinson, Texas. Uh, I found a little, you know, 1,200 square foot, two bay metal building for rent. Uh, I think I paid $600 a month for it at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I moved all my stuff, the Nissan, all that down to Houston. Um, just started running my shop. Got super busy, super fast. Because uh, by that time, that four-link tech article had run in the magazine in street trucks. So you were getting calls and stuff. My phone was ringing off the hook. I finally got a cell phone by this time. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you so, go. Uh, I had a I had a shop number, and my phone was ringing off the hook, and uh, business was good. I was building, you know, I was constantly busy, and uh, I kind of the the Nissan kind of got backburnered, you know, it sat in the driveway over there. Uh, I shaved the door handles on it, I think. A few other odds and ends. We started working on the interior in it. I decided to move into a bigger shop. Uh, outgrew the one I was in, so I moved across town. And this is under this, the name Underground Customs. Underground Customs still. Um, I rented space from a hot rod guy. He he rented this massive, like, 5,000-square-foot shop and basically said, hey, man, I'll, you know, pay me what you're paying now, and I'll let you use, you know, a big chunk of the shop. Just, you know, give me a hand here and there. I'm like, oh, sounds like a good deal to me. And I could learn some more stuff. So, you know, I went up there. Uh, again, my Nissan's still not getting worked on. But a uh, whole new, you know, worked in this shop. Uh, ended up being a really bad idea. Um, I was paying my rent every month, but it turns out the other guy just wasn't. Um, I moved out of that shop into another shop. Nissan in tow still in you know, blown apart, getting worked on. And uh, I just kind of was trying to get settled into a new uh, business plan. Thing. And uh, right around that time, 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. um, you know, business kind of dried up real quick, real fast. Uh, I had just found another location and was getting it set up and i was just you know yeah my building got broke into a yeah. bunch of my tools got stolen i shut the shop down i uh, ended up selling the truck to a buddy of mine said he was going to finish it and uh i never really saw it again after that yeah yeah, so. it was just one of those and we've all heard of those and stuff but what was cool about it is that you know you did get you know, obviously, you had this amazing truck. You're part of that that the Road Fools. You know, you oh, had yeah. the tech article and stuff. And like, I always remember that truck, like how awesome it was. And it was kind of like, like you said, the paper tag thing. You're kind of referring to like when Gendro had the Ombre. You know, it was like Ombre, brand yeah. new paper. Yeah. yeah, Brian bought that sucker and brand new and did it. Yeah. So the, for the listeners, it's like you know having you know back in the day, you know you'd have a which I guess in some states you still have a, a paper temporary tag and it would be like boom, oh, body yeah. dropped. It was kind of like now the guys are like, oh, I have a brand new truck. We've seen it with Shulman. And then they have the window sticker on it. And it's just like, oh, yeah. you know, that's kind of like this damn, check this out. So in that day, like there weren't as many brand new trucks laid out. Like the Ombre might be the one that I that comes to mind when it was white. Yeah, um, you know, when it was that was out. probably the first one I ever saw too. Yeah. Uh, I remember that year Brian brought that out to Splash. And, you know, 
nobody had like even bomb. seen an ombre, let alone was there a custom one. And his, I mean, he blew minds that weekend. Yeah. It was so simple. To this day, I, I you know, searched the Facebook marketplace uh, for a white ombre oh, that's a dude. good deal. Yeah, just I'd to kind of recreate that OG, The original look of it yep. for just a cruiser. Oh, dude, yeah. And it's cool that the truck, I forget the person's name that actually owns it now, but, you know, it came back out earlier this year. And Oh, yeah, Joey owns it. That's Tractor. That was yeah. uh, one of, another one of Brian's helpers from the Chop Shop ah, days. Okay, okay. Yeah, because someone had thrown around his name, and I wasn't 100% sure, and that you know it was on truck and cover and i think i think it was i mean he lived in that area so i'm going memory i think it was pete finland that maybe painted it yeah finland painted uh pretty much all of brian's trucks right. yeah including sal marchese's who uh you know we we did the shirt of the total chaos one yeah. of my favorite trucks P- pete used to have a shop like right next door to brian's That's shop what I shop yeah yeah, because I think he so, even painted the yellow Mitsu too that uh was on the cover like all painted of those... the yellow mitsubishi yeah, um, you know he painted uh, all of Brian's that stuff. Yeah, stuff. he painted that uh, the toxic toy, the ombre, uh, Sal's truck. Yeah, just all uh, of those um, big iconic builds. And yeah, you know, all those chop shop builds from that time. Yeah, Pete ended up doing all of them. Yeah, and hot dog designs. That was right up until uh, Ryan Evans moved out to San Diego. He wanted to move to California, and he rented a shop next to Brian. And uh, and then uh, Ryan started painting a bunch of stuff for for Brian too. Yeah, and and, uh, and Hot Dog Designs, Pete Finland. You know, up until I think the other day, I saw that um, you know he, the guy's still winning awards for the stuff that he does. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just it is truly mind blowing. I mean, it's super talented guy. I'd love to have him on. Um, you know, just to talk about some of the mini truck stuff. But I always love, like, dude, we, you know, we love the, you know, we know he loves hot dogs, right? I mean, obviously the name Hot Dog Customs. <laughs> but it's so awesome every Wednesday that I can remember. I mean, most Wednesdays, it's uh, it's Wiener Wednesday. You know, he's got his hot dogs, dude. Nice. The guy is just, yeah. uh, he's hardcore, man. But, yeah, um, Pete, Pete was a character. I met him a handful of times through Brian. And, uh, yeah, another one of those guys you, you, you just – so much talent, and you, you just don't. I mean, I was a kid back then when I met him, and it's like you don't even think about it. Yeah, so. and C- Craig Frazier. If anybody has an opportunity, Craig Frazier does uh, the podcast, a podcast, and you know we've had Craig on before. Now Craig does um, his, which I think is mostly on. I know I found it on YouTube and Facebook, and I think he's going to expand out if he hasn't already. But I know it's on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, but he had yeah. Pete on, and that was a good one. But, um, dude, let me ask you this. So, like, I mean, we talked a lot about trucks. I mean, dude, so much detail. It's so funny how you're like, ah, you know, I don't know how good my memory is. Like, man, you you remember <laughs> a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, I got to thank uh, John Moore for sending me the issue with Lomigo on it because what happened is my OG issue, I, rem- I know where it's at. My friend John uh, one of my best friends, his parents keep everything. Like, dude, they have, like, video game systems still in the box. Like, oh, we'll put it back. Like, they're, they're you know, not pack rats, but they're, like, kind of, like, more pack ratish than I am, right? So they have – Yeah. But I remember in the late 90s, I left my issue there, and somehow it got stored away in that house. So all these years <laughs> later, John had sent me another copy, and it's a mint copy, one of my favorite issues. It still has the little cards that aren't ripped out, and it's it's freaking perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked a lot about that. Obviously, dude, some of these epic road trips. I mean, dude, the the Frontier was killer. 
I'll sh- go back and share some of um, you know the the road fools and stuff. But like, w- um, I wanted to ask you real quick about uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to share on that stuff, I wanted to ask you about Monsters Garage because I know that's a part of what you do now. Yeah, that uh, yeah, that was a whole out of nowhere thing. I had been working at an off road shop in Houston on and off for the last. I think I started back working there. I'd worked in car audio for a few years after I shut my shop down. I was a manager of a, a chain store here locally called Tweeter. I managed the car audio department there for about three years. And I took a job at an off-road shop that was wanting to get back into car audio. So they hired me to set up their car audio deal. Well, I got over there and the owner of it, you know, it was BNC Off-Road in Houston, Texas. Actually, they're in Baytown now. Uh, they're still in business to this day, but the owner found out I could build shit and <laughs> never never opened the car audio department back up, needless to say. Um, I started building some really big trucks for him. I got I had still I still talked to Courtney and uh, he's Courtney got in touch uh, was talking about some of the stuff we were doing. He's like, oh, if you build something cool, let me know, man. I would shoot it for the magazine. And uh, at the time, I was doing, uh, it had to been like a 2003 or four is when Ford came out with those Harley edition F250s that were orange and black. Mm -hmm. I called them up. I was like, I got a a brand new one of these in here. Uh, I'm, I'm putting it on 49s, which were the biggest tire you could get at the time. He's like, dude, shoot pictures of it. So I, you know, from my mini trucking heydays, uh, I shot, you know, a bunch of photos while we were building the custom suspension on it. Uh, sent him to Courtney, and uh, he came to Heatwave that year, and we had that truck out there, and he ended up shooting that truck for the cover of Street Trucks. Uh, yeah, yeah. In two thousand four or five, mm-hmm. there's a there's an issue with a giant orange and black yeah two fifty on there, and uh, yeah, I built that truck, and he ran a little blurb at the end of it with all my tech pictures on how we did it, and uh, I kind of reignited my friendship with Courtney through that whole thing, and uh, yeah, just built trucks, built trucks, built trucks for off road shop for you know, six, seven years, uh, did a few body drops here and there. Uh, I built a Mitsubishi a blue one that was featured in mini trucking, uh, during that era that was body dropped. Ricky Rowe, who has the, uh, green Tacoma that got a bunch of love at LST last year. Uh, this body dropped on the Boyds. I built that truck while we worked at BNC. Mm-hmm. Um, guy in the club wheelchair, Mike. I did. Uh, I redid his old Chevy through there. But I did all these. You know, I was still building trucks all this time through through the off road shop that were here and there. And then I was again working in the off road shop one day, and uh, I was on Facebook at lunch. And Alex Anderson, who I hadn't talked to in years, Mm -hmm. uh, put up a post that said, we need help, uh, like right now, know anybody looking to, that needs a job. 
and I was kind of half-ass kidding because I'd been trying to get back to Austin for a long time because mm-hmm. uh, I've lived in Houston for almost 20 years. Uh, I sent him a message and said, man, if the money's good enough, I might be willing to. And uh, I, three minutes later, I got my phone's ringing. It was, you know, Alex and Ben. Good dude. On the set of Monster Garage, they're like, dude, we need somebody right now. You'd be perfect. Yeah. Should, we need somebody to run the garage. And I'm like, okay. They're like, how much money do you need? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I shot him a number. He's all right, we'll talk. When do, when can you start? I'm like, well, you know, I'm working right now. I need to give him notice. He's like, well, we need you here Monday. <laughs> and this was a Friday. So uh, I went home Friday and stewed on it for a little bit. And I got up Saturday morning and uh, was extra nice to my wife. Amanda, I love you. Uh, I buttered <laughs> her up. and <laughs> I said, hey, I got a job offer on a TV show, but it's in Austin. And she's like, well, how much are they going to pay you? I'm like, they're going to pay me what I needed to make. And <laughs> yeah. so she's like, I think you got to do it. You're not going to get another chance to do something like this. So I called him back and said, I can do it. And uh, I told my boss, I'm like, hey, I got this job opportunity. And he's like, no harm, no foul, man. He goes, I, if I had the chance, I'd do it too. That's and, sick. Uh, yeah, and the listeners can go out and follow Official Monster Garage, just how it sounds on Instagram. Yeah, uh, many of them have already found. Um, you know, we got a chance to talk to a body drop a little bit before, because obviously, as you know, you know, being I think you're in the you're in the monster garage right now, if I if I understand correctly. But body drop obviously has that great relationship with Jesse, so he had talked oh, yeah. to, he had talked about the stuff when they were back filming. But of course, as you know, there's the lead time up until it airs. But I I think the majority of folks have found it through the. Discovery Plus app. Discovery Plus app. Thank you very much. Yeah, they released it on there, I guess, a couple months back. Uh, we had finished shooting in, I think I sh- we shot the last reveal, God, I think it was in September or October, and then it came out not long after that. Yeah, and it's, it's Discovery Plus app. You can get like seven days free, I know, and then it's like plan starting. You can binge the whole thing. Yeah, and, and it's plan starting at some like cool stuff five this bucks. year. Exactly. You know. We even made Jesse build a mini truck, even though he calls it a sports pickup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. And a lot of times, too, I tell people, like, with the plan that we have with Verizon, it included uh, a year free of Discovery Plus. So, like, I often yeah. tell people that. You know, with different cell phone providers, they're all want your business. You can go out oftentimes, and they're going to give you all these different freebies. So I was watching Discovery Plus last night with my wife. She's like, oh, you watch yes. all these crazy shows. And she, I said, well, how long do we have this for? And she goes, oh, we have it for a year, but it's like, you know, six bucks a month. And, of course, you know, we're the ones that forget. And we have like oh, $20, yeah. $6 a month. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's, it's one that I honestly couldn't live without, Discovery Plus. You know what? There's a lot of stuff on there. I mean, not just car shows, but all kinds. I'm a, definitely a random documentary guy. Like true crime they got, stuff. They got a lot of them. Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. But, that's, uh, that's what, you know, I watch some and I've enjoyed them. And to me, like I've told people when we had Jeff Davey on last week, you know, we talk about the success of like mini truckers, like, you know, the Finnegan's, you know, Jeff Davey dabbled with the Amazon stuff. He's doing the YouTube. Obviously you're patched in over at monster garage, you know, Alex who body drop. It's cool to me. And I, I tip my cap to guys like you because 
um, you know, you've been able to, like, like you said, it didn't happen overnight for you, but you got the call, oh, the opportunity came up, you know, you check with the fam and you're like, boom, I can do it. So, you know, but to me, it's awesome because when you talked about early days working in your dad's garage, I mean, who would have ever thought you'd be working on a TV show, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, with all due respect, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. You know, all of us, you know, you, you grow up watching, you know, the motorcycle mania with Jesse yes. James and all the monster garages. And, you know, I found myself uh, getting, uh, I work at West Coast Choppers now still. Right. Um, yeah. During, the, during when we're not shooting. So That's I'm cool. st- I still got to hang around with that old grumpy mini trucking hating <laughs> Jesse James every day. Yeah. He sure does know how to work the crowd though. You know what I'm saying? Oh I mean, yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah, yeah, he's a. In all honesty, he's a great guy. Uh, man, he has a lot of talent, and uh, the dude just knows his stuff. So, yep. uh, it's crazy knowing seeing that I kind of work, you know, for him now mm-hmm. on all mainly on all of his uh, personal pet projects that he has. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> which is a lot. That guy, the guy has got a million things going on. So yeah, he's hardcore uh, blue collar guy and. Yeah, you know, obviously, I, I was always enjoyed the early days when they had the uh, the little series that they ran. Kind of, I want I always want to say in the late nineties, but you know, it was the early two thousands, and yeah. you know, he was out in Cali and stuff now. But you know, for the listeners that don't know, you know, Jesse James has been for a while in Texas. I think he had the oh, Aust- yeah. Austin Speed Shop for a while, and they yep. they did some stuff surrounding that. I don't know, you know, but to me, it was cool that when we had Alex Hu on, he talked about the reboot of monster garage and i thought it was cool it's done really well and then obviously um real quickly before we wrap up here you um you do a lot of you do some of the off off camera stuff is that what it's considered yeah i mean yeah i'm the i'm the you know garage guy basically is what Mm -hmm. my job title is um you know parts run in uh i and the one that knows how to operate all the equipment in the shop. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of these builders come in and you need a little guidance. Uh, you know, CNC plasma cutting is not something a lot of these builders have done in their life. So I kind of give them pointers, show them how to run that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep track of all the tools, you know, anything. Get, we have a massive set of snap-on tools, you know, best in the business. Uh, but, you know, some of these guys a little rough on stuff, break, tear stuff up. I make sure all the tools are fixed and in working order for each episode, you know, a lot of stuff, a weird job. Didn't ever expected to do it. <laughs> oh yeah. But no, uh, yeah, I do come cool, from a man. long line of mini truckers that have done this job. Yeah. Which is awesome. And it's, it's great that the opportunities there. And like Alex said, when we had him on at the beginning of this year, one of our most downloaded episodes ever, great guy, as you know, he'll always try to put a guy in a place or a lady if he can, right? Like he said, you oh, know, if yeah. I can get on somewhere and I've got things going uh, that are manifesting, I can go, yo, let's bring in some guys that we can trust that are hardworking dudes and, and that's someone like you. But, um, you know, Rob, dude, we've, bro, we've, man, I mean, it's been a trip down memory lane for me. And it's it's funny because you, know, you and I haven't necessarily been friends, you know, like, you know, like, yo, you know, call me, yeah. hit me up. But it's like, I kind of feel like I know you because I've seen you in the magazines. I followed your page. Why don't you give out your Instagram in case anyone wants to go follow you? Oh, yeah. It's a extremely exciting <laughs> Instagram. Uh, I do. I do share a lot of my, you know, my my stuff that I work on. Yep. Uh, it's at Lomigo2. Uh, the number two, 
And it's L O M E G O. Yeah, not Lomego. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's funny because it ties into the license plate that was on Lomigo. Back in yeah, the on the original one. And uh, yeah, little known fact uh, I'm building Lo- Lomigo 2.0 or the son of Lomigo or just another stupid amigo <laughs> at the, as we speak. So uh, I'm about. Uh, it should be a roller here pretty quick. I might start. I might take it to uh, maybe a show or two near the end of the season this year if I can get it where I can drive it a little bit better. But it's coming along. Uh, I share a lot of pictures building on that. Uh, some stuff from the from the West Coast Choppers Outlaw Garage Shop. You know, a lot of content, random stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Nothing it's awesome. political at all. Exactly. I'm the same way. I'm like, <laughs> I could care less. I'm like, eh, whatever. My boss said something the other day, and I was like, I don't care. I was like, I just, yeah. I just do. Like, I'll read stuff here and there. I'll sometimes retweet something, whatever. But I'm like, it doesn't matter to me, man. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. But, it's um, funny, too, because, you know, I share a lot of pics. Uh, I have a 17-year-old son and a 7-year-old son. Uh, I'll say hi to Jackson and Grayson right now real quick. Yeah. Uh, but Jackson has a 95 Isuzu Pup. Nice. That we're, all, we're building also. And I, I do some updates on that on my oh, Instagram too. And uh, he's we bagged the back of it not long ago. Um, I got some parts in from some good guys from back in the day. I got me a Grant Customs Cali Combo. Uh, similar to what I put on the back of uh, Frontier. the Frontier. Um, I'm going to put on his truck. Uh, we just got a rag top in from Legacy. I got to bag the front of it still because I'm lazy, as he puts it. But uh, <laughs> I got to fit it in between everything else. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have his truck rolling around next year at shows too. So it'll be a father and son Family combo. Affair. Yeah, I love yeah, hearing the, it. The next generation of negative camera coming at you. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 20 years ago, I got to get some of my photos out because I haven't shared, but maybe. 5% of them, but 20 years ago, I went to the only heat wave I went to, which was in uh, Round Rock. It was okay. Oh, that was the year I skipped. Yeah, and that was the year it was <laughs> like, oh, it sucked that year, and I was like, well, dude, I can tell you, it was hot as hell, okay? I, I thought it was It's hot every year. Yeah, so yeah, that's a given, but it was at the Dell Diamond Center. It was like, oh, it yeah. sucked, you know, but I got the ride with, um, I got the ride in the famous 88 to 98 that Bill had, so Mitch, Rich Rawl goes, yo, jump oh, in the yeah. dually. So that was cool seeing him boss hog his way in there. And, you know, I have a lot of good memories. I saw, you know, Radar's truck, just so many, dude. I took, I mean, a couple hundred photos, you know, and it was it yeah. was fun. But, you know, being able to travel and me go to in, in ITB a few years and go to Rezo for the, the Severed 10th and, you know, kind of dabble around, obviously, Showfest many years and whatnot, like Charles one year. But all yeah. of that stuff, like I have memories that, that hopefully until – Hopefully, God forbid, I never get dementia, but until I get dementia, yeah. that I'll have with me forever, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, I mean, the crazier ride I've been on, I mean, I've been to shows, I mean, like you said, Texas Heat Wave, Rezzo, uh, Spring Splash, Endless Summer, Booger Bash. Oh, I've, yeah. I've went to that a few times. Indie Truck Bash. I mean. Yeah, and those relationships school, that you build. Yeah. And the friends, like you said, even going to Cali in the beginning. I mean, I made a lot of friends, dude. Like, I mean, I pulled up at shows going, like, I don't know who this is. Like, yo, hey, we're going to eat. Jump in the back of the bed. Dude, next thing you oh, know, yeah. I'm having dinner. Oh, man, what's up? So, you know, Pebble Pusher guys, you know, treated me with respect oh, when yeah. I went up their way. And, 
you know, there's there's just always those relationships, and it's like, hey, just getting out there, going to shows, and I'm thankful that, that I did. This is the 25th year that I've been going to shows, and uh, man, I wouldn't replace some of the memories that I have for for anything, and that includes money. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? definitely. I mean, it's funny because you know I got out, out of the truck scene for a long time raising kids, and uh, my my older son raced BMX for a lot of years, and I you know raced the BMX finals in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma every year at Thanksgiving. And lo and behold, I'm out there one year. I run into Buddy Steamroller, Bob Wilson, uh, OG camber member from San Diego. Uh, he's got a kid out there racing finals. Uh, I ran into Chris Schmidt at Tulsa one year. Uh, he's got a son that still races BMX, and he's still uh, running them to this day he has a team. What up to Hostile BMX up there on the East Coast? Uh, yeah, we rode for Hostile down here for many years. But uh, yeah, I mean the people you meet—that's what it's all about. It is. Nothing man. else matters. I mean, I've lifelong friends that you know spent well, met them spending a, a weekend camping on the river, uh, standing around, Bullshit. shooting the, the crap with uh, you know people around fires, drinking jungle juice and. You know, just it, it, I feel sad for this generation because there's there will never never be anything like that again. Oh yeah, I mean you. I mean they'll have truck shows, and I w- wish they could recreate that era because I mean, especially the California runs. I mean, you've been to a few of them, but it was such a mismatch of people, and you know, probably. 70% of the people at the show weren't even there to show their vehicles. They were just there to party on the river for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just get it away. Was it was kind of like the mini Woodstocks of, you know. Yeah, what, what... I mean, you talk about, you know, maybe eight hours on a Saturday, they had the cars parked out there for everybody to look at. The rest of the time, you were dragging around the circle at the park, uh, looking at people, you know, all the things that went along with it. It was just a, it's a, it's a, point in time that was i think probably the best to be involved in this uh, this the type scene of, of ours exactly or the, the scene, scene we yeah love. Yep. yeah it can't be it it, it will it, it, i hate that my son will never experience that even though you know there's some stuff i wouldn't want him to do but you know right right it is what it is i mean i lived uh he would probably live too he's a 90s kid all the way to the core uh, he listens to all the same music we listen to. <laughs> he, That's uh, awesome. He drives, he drives around uh, Santa Fe, Texas, dragging his little mini truck, uh, just like we used to back in the '90s. So, and hopefully, if it's a good day, he won't even have to use his AK. You know what I mean? Tell him to put some definitely. Some cube hope on. he doesn't have to use his AK. <laughs> exactly. I got to say, it was a good day. Well, dude, listen, man. Two and a half hours of awesomeness. Thanks for all the details, dude. Like, so much epicness. Check out Rob Rodell on Instagram, as we mentioned. Dude, we're going to be bringing some photos. Whatever you got, send them our way. We've got some we'll be sharing. Yeah, I think I have. A, I might have a couple of of the several stages of uh, Lomigo that I can probably share. Yeah, that would um, be cool. And, dude, we, we so appreciate your time. And, 
you know, we're going to continue to check out Monster Garage as long as you guys keep doing that. And um, hey, yeah, you know, and I'll I'll give you a little bit of inside information. It's just a rumor that I've heard, but uh, you may actually be able to watch that on the regular Discovery Channel in the next soon. month or so. Yep, and they kind of did that with Josh Gates when they did the Back to the Future, you know, uh, searching for the DeLorean type deal. You know, they yeah. kind of roll it out first, you know, kind of premium type thing, and then you know it, it'll trickle out. Of course, you got commercials and stuff. But uh, oh, yeah. still fantastic. But on Discovery Plus, you get to hear all the square words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could do the ad-free, too, and all that stuff. But, um, but Rob, dude, to you and all the NC guys, like we said last week, rest in peace, Courtney Hallowell. Uh, thank you so much for your time, my brother. Oh, no, no problem anytime. Uh, rest in peace, Courtney. He was one of the best. Um, I mean, we've lost too many guys in the club. I hate to say it. One's too many. But, you know, Courtney – uh, Vaughn, Rob Carnegie a few years ago. Um, you know, we just lost Kane Morris. I don't know if you knew I, that. I did hear about that. Uh, rest in peace to that guy. I mean, he was a trip if you knew him back in the day. Uh, but he was, he was a dude that had your back anytime. So, but yeah, definitely enjoyed talking to you going down memory lane. Yeah, brother. Well, I'll keep in touch with you. Late.